Here we go in five, four, three, two, one. Yes. Out of all the fucking people that make me feel lazy in this world, there's two okay. that make me feel you uh-huh. and the rock. You fuckers don't look like you ever sleep. No, man. no, no. No days off. That's why I love his unattractive ass. He's uh <laughs> he's uh he, he's a person that, that motivates me, inspires me, and the fact that we're we're coworkers, we're friends. Um I think it's a I think it's like a it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be around that. Yeah. Because it truly it's it's uplifting. You know, it makes you it just makes you weed out the circle. When you're around people that truly give you like uh give you some good, mm. serve a good value to you in your life, you then look at those that don't and you can you can then push away. So I'm big on I'm big on personality. I'm big on energy. I'm big on will and wants. Uh, I believe that it's contagious. So if you have a, a bunch of laziness and a bunch of bullshit around you, naturally it's going to feed off. You're going to find yourself becoming what's in your environment. So I feel the exact same way. And when I, I see, see a that, guy though. like him. I, I see that in you. I see that in you. That's what <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that scene in Avatar. I see you. I see you. Yeah, but a guy like that, like I always wonder, like how much of that is like I've had sleep experts on the mm-hmm. podcast that tell you, like, like there's real problems if you don't get enough mm-hmm. sleep. Like you could, you have a much higher risk of Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. all these other serious issues. But I see a guy like The Rock. I'm like, how the fuck does he sleep? Well, where's the room to, for sleep? You know that that's true. I can't say that I'm that I've witnessed the sleep patterns. But he's a, he's a late ass, so he does. I know he's sleeping at some point. Because <laughs> like, get these shows what are we waiting late? on? What are we waiting on, DJ? <laughs> God damn it! He's uh, he's probably getting his his rest, which is well deserved. Um, but you know when you when you say you had these sleep experts and stuff on, it's always a a thing that I go back and forth about because what is enough sleep? Like I'm a person, I function high off of six to seven hours. Yeah, six seven hours. I'm I'm functioning. Yeah. Five hours, I'm great. Do I do the five-hour thing all the time? No. But if I have to, I'm fine. Um, I don't need the eight and the nine. I feel mm. like that's too much for me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm an early riser, and now that I'm getting older, you know, if I can get in that bed by 9, 30, or 10 on an off work day, I'm very happy with that. But then I'm up at 5, 30. Right. I'm up at 5. So what is enough sleep? What did they tell you is it enough sleep? It really depends on the person. There are people that have a gene where they can just sleep four hours a night I and got they're that. fine. You might got it. I got that. Is that a disease? What is that? What is that? Does that mean my that blood called? is gold? What is that? What is it? It just means you got special genes. Goddamn right. I'm alien. Yeah, I got some shit. Well, there, are, there are people that just don't need as much. They can they can go a long time without sleep. Diagnose me. I'm one of those people. You, probably, you might be. I bet a lot of high-functioning people are because your body tends to you get more efficient. You know, like you're you're always going, you're yeah. always burning yeah. hard. So your body's like, when it's time to shut down, it's like shut down, get that five six hours in. All right, back then to you're work. Good. Let's but go. I will I will confess this. I am an amazing cat napper. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 one of those guys. That's you, a good move. If you stop talking to me long enough, <laughs> I'm I'm a fall asleep right here. It's something about silence, really? and just not doing anything, and I just. Well, that's probably you're probably going on momentum all the time. You probably you're probably going on motivation and momentum. Okay. And then when your body has this break, your body's like, we can use a little sleep right here. That's just that's hundred percent right. Yeah. I'm dead serious. That's yeah. I know for sure that that's accurate because I'm I'll catnap in heartbeat. Do you feel like 
you've hit a good balance. So this is what I always wonder about with guys like you or guys like The Rock. When mm-hmm. I look at your Instagram, your social media, and you're just constantly going like, God damn. Do you ever feel like you do too much? Like, maybe I just need to take a little break here. Do you ever feel like that? I think the perception definitely perceives reality. You know, uh, what looks like so much isn't always so much because you have a schedule. Mm-hmm. And, you know, within that schedule, there's the things that mean the most that come and act as downtime. You know, me and my house is downtime. Even though it's still active and I got to be dad and I'm with the kids and the wife and this conversation and I'm running around and I'm back and forth, that still acts as downtime for me. Like, I'm shutting the work off. So the phone is in the office. I'm mm. not going back to get it until the morning. And it's all conversation. It's all TV. It's all Taco Tuesdays. It's couch and cuddling, uh, you know, baby time, whatever. Mm. That's my downtime because I'm, I've taken a step outside of the other shit. That's wise. That's, that's what I think I do very well. I can step outside the other shit. I can separate it. So I think when you're able to do that, then you're you're managing your your mental. You know what I mean? Like if it's if it's always one thing all the time, that's how you fucking drive yourself crazy because you're never you're never shutting it off. Yeah. And I think I do a good job of shutting shutting this off and focusing on this. Like when I'm with my family, I'm with my family. Nothing is nothing interjects or comes in between. That's fantastic. That's so important. It's hundred percent. That's beautiful. You figured that out. That's gigantic. I think I figured it out. That's it, man. I think I figured it out. You mean you've got so much success? It's not like you have to be with that fucking phone all the time. Mm -hmm. That's that. That's the phone is the big one, right? Well, the phone, the phone is is the gift and the curse. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that we we shot out the gate and saw the gift. Oh my God! It's 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 community. It's connecting us. We're able to share. We're able to meet new people. We're we're able to stay in communication with with old people. Find new people as an entertainer. I can engage with my fans, and this is so dope. And then after that, you get hit with the the curse, and the curse is there's a there's a high level of negativity that's out there that's on that shit. You know, there's there's a lot of people that are, you know, not happy or or going through things and they interject a, a certain amount of negativity and hatred through these devices. Yeah. These devices are the easiest way to touch everybody. So when you're just consumed on that shit all day, you start to see yourself being a part of the negative shit. Yeah. So what I've learned to do is go, I don't I don't need to see that. I don't need to mm. see that shit. I don't I don't pay that any mind. I don't read that shit for what? It's not it's not helping me. It's not making me better. It's not it's not uh pushing me to new limits. If anything, it's taking up just creative space by me literally spending time going and and, and navigating through what I think is is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. So I don't let the device beat me. And at one point, I definitely did. At one point, it was everything. It was everything. It was, you know, now I separated. I know How'd you break clear it. of it? What, what, when you, you realize what it is, when you see, when you see the bad, you know, when you see the bad side of it, I, I thought the other day, this is some real shit. And it really made me think my phone died. My phone died and I'm driving and I was using the fucking maps. And I was like, oh, shit. What the fuck? How am I get to where? 
I don't know where I'm going. And I sat and I was like, yo, how did we, how did we get from point A to point B before the map shit? What, what were we doing? That I used to print out directions from Google Maps. I remember that. But then before that, how did you get to the places where you were going that you didn't know how to get to? I don't even remember. Do you remember Thomas Guides? Did you ever have a Thomas Guide? I did have a Thomas Guide. When I first moved to LA, I had to get one of those. I did have a Thomas giant Guide. Ass giant ass book. A hundred percent. Bill Burr had one until like three years <laughs> yes, ago. Bill, I, Bill probably still uses it. Shouts out to Bill Burr. Uh, but it really fucked me up because I was like, how do we don't even know how how to do the common, yeah. the, the the norm anymore because the device has made everything available. And I literally had to to drive to a, a store where I could buy a charger, charge up my phone to get back and use the map to get to where the fuck I was going. Because I had no idea how to get there. I had no I didn't know no numbers by heart. I didn't know who I was going to call. What, what phone? Like, yo, this was the moment where I was like, what level of success have I reached? I just pulled over and I sat there and I was like, how the fuck am I going to get to where you I'm going? You should have a spare phone, man. It, I don't know what it you was. a backup phone. It felt like the end of the world. It felt <laughs> like it felt like it was over. I was like, shit. Isn't that crazy how it, dependent you are? But that's when the light bulb started to click. Yeah. It started to click. Like, how... How do we function without? I want to go backwards a little bit. Yeah. It's still there. I still need it. I still think it's dope with all of the things that we can do on it, but I still want to be able to put it down and and step away from it. Yeah. I want my kids to be able to step away from it. That's why when I come in the house, my phone is up because I can't, I can't bitch and complain at y'all about being on your phone if you see me doing the same thing. Right, right. So that time... Those conversations, me wanting to know about your day, you talking to me about your day, your friends, who you like, who don't you like, my daughter, you, what boy, who, what, huh, no, all right, God, my son, yeah, I like somebody, who, oh, Jesus, here it comes, it's, it's, it's a great thing, and I want to be able to have those moments, and, you know, I think it's, it's, it's big to make sure that you prioritize that. Are you worried about what comes next? Hundred percent. I'm worried that something's going to be way more intrusive than that. It's it's. What do you mean? It's already happening. Yeah. The biggest scare happened already, with the 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 FaceTime shit that happened. Where what happened? Well, Apple uh, on the iPhones, it was like people could listen into your. Oh yeah, if you didn't even pick up, they yeah, could FaceTime. They you. could just listen into yeah, it. Yeah. And you know that was the scariest shit ever, because yeah. it's if it's that easy to have a bug like that, what's the thing that's not a bug? That's there that you just don't know about. Oh, there's definitely government listening to us right 100%. now. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Recording everything. Everybody says, and then in case one day you do something wrong, they they'll go back pull to you aside. Mr. Hart, we'd like you to sit down for a minute. We're going to play you something. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So the fear is the next level of Immersion. Uh, intrusive. You yeah. Know? yeah. I think everything has become intrusive now. Like The toughest thing for me is that there is no, there is no privacy outside my home right you know the the amount of money that you have to now spend just on security on you know people to to be with me security to be on my home you know it's yeah. like there there yeah. literally is no privacy and it's not that i bitch and complain about it because without the fans without the people that support me i wouldn't be where i am but there's no middle ground right you know there is no handshakes anymore it's it's how you doing <sighs> 
Right, right, and right. And it's like, yeah. a handshake is so much better right. to get a moment. Like, I'm, we can yeah. talk if that's what you want. No, no, no. Yo, say it now. It's, it's kind of yeah. weird because you, you're doing this to me. <laughs> it's kind of weird to have a conversation. So you're just starting to see yourself become a little older and wiser and uh, just really see the times for what they are and see the direction that we're going in as people. And just hope and pray that we find a middle ground because I think right now there isn't one. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling now. No, I feel it too. And I, especially, I mean, what you're talking about is you being super famous and losing all your privacy, but everyone's losing their privacy slowly, but surely it's, it's happening to you because you're very famous and Mm -hmm. because you do something that's in the public eye Mm -hmm. and people want to see you and they want to stick that camera in front of you. But there's going to come a point in time where what we're dealing with now, which is like you have to turn your phone on, you have to, you know, you have to reach out to somebody, you have to put something up. That's that step's going to be out of the way, and mm-hmm. it's just going to be people being able to access your life. Yeah, pretty. You know, you know the bad. Here's what I'll say: that's bad. That really fucks with me. I don't like that negativity is the the want. Yeah. Like like the. The thing that's popular is the failure, the the fuck up, mm-hmm. you know, the the fight that I can catch, yeah. the hateful moment that I can catch and post. Like the bad is being highlighted and celebrated. That's what fucks with me with the social media shit now. What, what really bothers me is, you know, when you see these things online, like, you know, uh, a fight and there's a man hitting a woman and it's captured. Right. That's bad. The bad thing is that you watched, that the, the video was more important than the actual help. Right. Or the moment to step in. And, you know, when you see these things where you're catching people do these things to kids and it's caught. The moment of what you got and what you want to post and get likes or whatever on is the focus instead of the help. Yeah. And that, and that's that's the part that is just I just have a hard time processing. I have a hard time processing what the likes mean to certain people. Well, you get an extraordinary amount of attention. So it, it doesn't mean anything to you mm-hmm. the way it means something to a regular person. But mm-hmm. to a regular person, if they can catch some world star video and put it up there like, dude, that's my video. Mm-hmm. That's my video. Look, my video got 5 million hits. Yeah. My video has gone viral. My yeah. video's everywhere. For them, it's like it's a point of excitement. That's why when they see you, they're like, oh shit, how often are they going to run into Kevin Hart at you know Costco or wherever the fuck you were? I got definitely running run to me on a, uh, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a bathroom um, restaurant, and I go to the bathroom. You know, by the way that I went to the bathroom, you could definitely tell I had the shit. I was I was moving fast. I was, you know, it was one of those abrupt. You know, while you're eating, and I, like, I, yeah, I'm eating bad, so I didn't eat bad in a while. My stomach immediately said, "This is not gonna happen today." So I'm, I get up and I go, and literally, like like three seconds, I, I hear it as I'm walking. Oh, they go, Kev Hart. And as I'm walking by, a guy gets up, follows me in the bathroom, and he's like, yo, I got to get a picture, man. And I said, let me, let me go to the bathroom. When I'm done, I'll take a picture with you. I go to the bathroom. This is a true story. Hand on the Bible. <laughs> Hand on the Bible. I assume the guy is outside the bathroom. Because as I'm going, I see him and I say what I say. I get done. 
I go to the sink, wash my hands. He was just sitting behind the wall, and he's like got his phone out. And I'm like, he probably did he just take me while I was shitting? Did he? <laughs> did he put the phone over the thing? What? Oh Jesus! Like I'm about to be on. Oh my God! It's over. This is it. This is my nightmare. Here we go. They're about to put something up of me shitting. It's the bottom of my feet. It's whatever. Yeah. yeah. But he just waited, and in that moment, was so it was so important. That he was in the bathroom. And and as soon as I got up, come on, let's take it. I said, let's go outside the bathroom. Yeah. Let's take a picture. That's a bathroom. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm a nice guy, man. I'm going to take the picture. He's like, I just ain't want to lose you. And I'm like, there's not even a thought. There's not even a thought about it's a bathroom. Right. How weird is that? It's a bathroom. Man, this is a, this is a, this is a pretty fucking weird moment, man. This is weird. And Following I, you, waiting yeah, for you, you to shit. You just waited for me to finish shit, and I don't know what you got on your phone. Right. You're too big for me to ask to go through your phone, so I can't. <laughs> I, whatever you got, you got. But I had to go out and take the picture, and I remember going back to the table just like, what, what's happening? That's what's so happening? strange. At this point, what is happening? Yeah, that didn't exist before. I think if you were famous before, people just wanted to get an autograph or shake your hand. We're, pa- we're past the autograph stage. When was the last time you get an autograph? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been really a while. Have, I don't think I, I, don't think don't I would know up. how to write it. I, I don't <laughs> think I would know what to put down. It's been a minute, man. Yeah. And I don't. And I want to make this very clear. You know, You're it's not, not complaining. I don't, I don't knock yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I understand. Like, once again, I want people to, more importantly, understand the fact that I welcome it. Yeah. I welcome the moment. That I can talk in and converse with the fan, but it should be that like it's normal. Think, yeah, with two the, people. The moments are yeah. better when they're real, you know. And after a real moment, you you get a picture because you're like, yo, he was actually a nice guy, or I, I had no idea that that you would be this calm and cool. You don't even get to see how genuine of a person I am because the first thing you do, you 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 stick the camera. In the face, you, and that's when people think that you're an asshole, because they, 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 they have the intrusive moment that then gets met with a, can you, can you please, I'm sorry, you don't have to yeah. stick it in my face. Damn, you ain't got to be like that. Wait, oh, wait a minute. They look for that yeah. too. They look yeah. to turn on you because now you get your moment. Yeah, you, you look for the negative moment. When did shit start getting weird for you? Like how many years in? Um, I don't know. It's been it's been pretty crazy. It's been pretty crazy for like the last four to five. The last four to five years and the last three, you know, it's gotten insane because now, you know, you're you're on an international level. So mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. global and the following is is bigger um, and it's all ages, which is which is really, really good. But I think, you know, for comedians, it's a different thing because you feel like, you know, comedians, you know, you're laughing. We're in your homes. Everything is met with warmth. So when you see a comedian, especially if you're a fan of a comedian, you're associating everything with funny and you're just looking for the funny moment. Right. You're you're looking past the normal moment. You know, it's like you you almost are frowned upon if you're normal, if you just chill. Right, right, right. Because everybody wants the funny moment. Right. They thought you were going to be funny yeah, all the time. It's like I'm I'm supposed to I'm supposed to pop lock. right on on site you know if it's two in the morning and you run into me and i say hey how you doing man that's not enough when you work out your shit now Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> I've seen you at the comedy store, but mm-hmm. only once. Mm-hmm. Like, where where do you work out your shit? I like to go to random comedy clubs. You know, I think I'll go to New York first. Uh, New York has always been a, a home um, when it comes to building, uh, putting some structure within a set that you're mm-hmm. trying to figure out. Once I got a skeleton of what I want to do, I'll just go to West Palm. Uh, I love that comedy club, the improv down there. And I'll oh, stay that place for, is great. I'll stay for two weeks. Oh, really? And just go and run through some jokes. I'll go to Utah. I'll go to Denver. You do the, like wise guys? Yeah. 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 I'll go to comedy clubs, just random comedy clubs that you wouldn't expect to see me at. But I'll do a hell of a run. And the goal is to get out of there with just a foundation. Mm-hmm. It's not to have a complete set. I just want to get a foundation. So when I'm done getting the foundation, then I'll do a little comedy club run. I'll do a full comedy club run where I just put two or three months in and it's comedy club, comedy club, comedy club. And I'm doing seven shows a weekend Mm. and people are shocked that I'm there and that I'm doing it. But, you know, that's my that's my gym. That's how I work. And I end up leaving that period of time with a complete set after the first three or four months that I spent. Now, after that comedy club, three to four months doing that run, then I take it to like a small theater. I see what my laughter feels like in a small theater, and I do a little run in small theaters. And then when I finally feel like it's at a point where I'm getting the the laugh consistently and the punchlines are working and I flipped it back frontwards, forward, every direction, and my story is a real roller coaster. And it has an ending where I feel like we get off the roller coaster and we're happy, and you don't feel like you were there for an hour. Mm. Is then when I go test it out in the arena. And if the arena, if the laster sounds the way it's supposed to, then I say, okay, I'm ready. If it doesn't, then I'll go back to small theaters and then I'll go to an arena again. So not till that arena sounds the way it's supposed to do I say I'm going on tour. So sometimes it takes me about a year, a year and three months, a year and four months. You know, people don't understand how hard it is to develop an hour of stand-up material. You know, people act like you just turn on a new hour. It's, It's an hour. To get to an hour, you're going through four to five hours of bullshit that you thought was funny. Yeah. To come up to that hour that you finally say, this is going to be the representation of me this year. Yeah. It's a lot for me to do that, especially at this level, you know? Well, especially while you're always doing movies and you're always busy with a bunch of other stuff, too. It's tough. You don't, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, you don't take any breaks. Well, I tour. I actually, you know, when I'm touring, if there's a movie, I make the movie schedule around the tour so my shooting days will go monday tuesday wednesday thursday rap thursday maybe have a show thursday night and then i'm going thursday friday saturday sometimes no show sunday sometimes show sunday depending on what the work schedule and the workload for the following week would look like so i'm implementing that in so when i say i'm out i'm out i'm gone yeah. So I knocked that movie out in two months and then when I'm not that tour schedule shifts so the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, dedicated to family, dedicated to the office, everything. And then those weekends are touring. Wow. But that tour lasts for a year and a half. I mean, this year we did 157 shows on my Irresponsible Tour. Wow. 157 shows. Before you decided to put it on the Netflix special. Yeah. We did the Netflix, <clears throat> the taping. I think I did it three weeks before we were done. So we were probably at 143 shows. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then I taped it and finished the tour. 
Did you always have this kind of structure? Like, when did you, how did you design this? I'm a thought out individual. Yeah, man. you seem like it. I'm a, I'm a well <laughs> thought out individual. Everything yeah, this is, is a not plan. random. No, yeah. everything is planned. If you look at all my stand up specials, there's a two year gap in between them. So mm-hmm. the two year gap is because at the end of that second year, my new special should be coming out. When that new special should be coming out, I'm now focusing on what the next special is going to be. So that first year is all development. Like right now, I'm off. I'm not touring. But now I'm mentally in the gym and throwing all the old stuff that I talked about away. That's now thrown out. Can't repeat it. Can't say it. Now it's talking about what the new version of myself is going to be. What do I want the conversation to be? Mm. What's my thinking? And just taking notes. So eventually now I'm going to start just popping up in random comedy clubs and trying to figure out what the next thing is. So by mid, mid 20, I'll probably be doing comedy clubs. By the end of 20, I should have a full fledged concept of that new hour. And by the beginning of 21, I should be ready to go out with my new hour. Mm. End of 21, film my new hour. Mid-22, that hour would come out. That seems like a schedule <clears throat> a lot of people are doing now, the two-year mm-hmm. schedule. That's it's, a, it's a perfect get. Yeah, that's how I do. I, I've, I know Louis C.K. did a year mm-hmm. every year, and mm-hmm. George Carlin did every year. But I think even he said it really wasn't the right way to that's do it. That's tough. A year is tough. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a shout out to those that can do it. I think that's yeah. amazing. Um, I think just for everything that I have going on, and all of the different things that my hands are in within the brand, the business, I need to make sure that I'm giving 100% to those things so they have the highest opportunity to be successful. Right. If I'm trying to cheat it, then it's going to show. Yeah. It's not going to come out to the best of my ability. And within stand-up, you got you to gotta fucking magnifying glass on you. you know? You're always being judged off of what you did at one point. Just like a musician, you're always yeah. judged off of the album that everybody thought was whatever. So the biggest thing for an entertainer, artist, whatever your craft is, is creation. How are you recreating yourself? How are you constantly showing that you're growing? For me, the only way to do that is to talk about my life and the things that grow along with me. The only thing that grows along with me my experiences, my family, my marriage, my mistakes, my ups, my downs. Those are the things that I can talk about forever. Because as you get older, things change, shit gets different. But it's all coming from my personal opinion of me. My view on me and how I see life. You can't lose material in that state. Mm. That's why I stay away from certain things. Because those things can become boring after a while. For me, because I don't have the knowledge of everything that I should. Like what? What kind of things? Well, politics. I don't oh, joke in yeah. the politics. I don't I don't joke in anything that has to do with the slander of others or other communities. I don't do anything divisive. Good for you. That's my that's my biggest thing. And you know, uh this past year was was one that got a little weird because I was like, yo, I've really dedicated myself to bringing people together. Like, mm-hmm. I I thought that was my my goal. That's my priority. I damn sure thought that's what I was doing on a global scale. Everybody, all races, shapes, sizes, whoever you are, whatever you are, you can come to a Kevin Hart show and have a good time. So when it came off as if I was a person that was divisive, 
that was tough. You're talking about the Oscar the shit. The Oscar shit. Yeah. yeah like well, it, this is a time where people are just looking to be upset about things. 100%. And they're, they're not looking to looking at you, Kevin Hart, as just a human being. Like, what? What? who is he mm-hmm. overall? Mm-hmm. Super positive. They're not even concentrating on that. I mean, think about how positive you are. And yet they tried to concentrate on some jokes that you did, what, nine years well, ago. It was a it's a it's a wake up call of understanding the times. But then more importantly, you know, for me, it was OK. I went through it. I made sure that the people of the LGBTQ community really understand that. Hey, guys, I apologize before, but I'm apologizing again. I'm sorry. I'm not that guy. I don't want you to think I'm that guy. Then it just became the constant conversation. They're never happy. That it, it just became the constant conversation. Yeah. And, and now it is, guys, I'm not only sorry, I don't condone anything that has to do with hate to anybody. This is no longer a conversation. So, guys, I'm going to stop talking about it. Mm. Because now I feel like I'm feeding into yes. what I'm not. I, I know I'm not. The world and public should understand and know that I'm not because over this time period, I've shown that I'm not. So the apology, once again, I'm sorry. Genuinely, I'm sorry. But then it just kept it just it never stopped. And at that point, I just made a decision. And I'm like, guys, at this point, I just I'm making a decision to not talk about it anymore. That doesn't mean that I'm being disrespectful to anybody. That doesn't mean that I'm shutting down anything. It means that for me, I'm going to stop talking about it because at this point, I don't know what to do. At this point, I thought I thought the apology is what you wanted me to do. I did it. Uh, I made sure that you understand that I'm not a hateful person. I don't condone hate. I did that. I stepped down so I don't take attention off of that night and those people that are there to be celebrated. I don't want to draw attention to myself and what's around me. I stepped down. Everything I did was for the better of good. I, I'm, I'm stepping away, guys, because I don't want this to be a negative night or a negative thing. And then it still became a conversation. So I waited for it to die down. I went on my radio show, gave another public apology. Made sure that he understand that I'm sorry. I hope these words didn't hurt anybody. I once again apologize. I don't condone hate to anyone. I hope that you guys can forgive me for those jokes of old. So now I say, if you don't understand it, you don't believe it. I I don't know what else to give. I don't know what else to do. There's nothing else you can do. That's very wise of you. Nothing. It's very wise of you to step away like that because if you didn't, they would probably pursue it forever. Right, I mean, it's, it's, it becomes a point of attention. That's all it is. They just well, decide that this is something that they're going to focus on. What I, I had a I had a good talk, and I'm going to talk about this for a minute. A friend of mine, Lee Daniels. You know, me and Lee Daniels. Uh, Lee called me, told me he wanted to talk to me. You know, who Lee Daniels is director, uh, producer. The show Empire is yeah. one of his biggest shows. Um, you know, so he calls me. He's like, Kevin, I want to talk to you. And and us talking, he's like, look, this is a time where you could speak up and talk about, you know, the community that's been affected by hatred and, you know, hateful crimes. You can step up and be a voice and say that you don't condone or don't. Uh, stand with any type of hate or whatever, you can take that stage and do that. And I said, Lee, I said, that's, I understand what you're saying. I said, but 
why did you expect me to know what's been happening within this community in regards to hate and crimes? I said, I, I'm not aware. I said, some people can just not be aware. I'm not in the know. I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea. In the gay community. Yes, with, yeah. within that community. I have mm-hmm. no idea. Right. When you tell me this, I'm now educated and I understand. So it's easy to simply inform. Right. Information is key. When people get information, they process the information. When you can process the information, you go, oh, wait a minute. That makes sense. Hey, if you guys think that I condone hate, wait a minute. I don't. And anybody that does, fuck you, man. That's bad. You shouldn't. I can say that. But instead, when this happened, it was become an ally. Mm. Become a voice. Yeah. And that's that's where there was just a miscommunication. That's where a back and forth kind of was established that I think people just started to take things and run with it. And I'm just not I'm just not one to feed into what I feel isn't going to eventually evolve into a positive thing in a real conversation. Yes. Yeah. When I'm when I'm trying my best to. It was becoming tabloid bullshit as Pretty opposed much. to like a real discussion. Clickbait. Yeah, clickbait. Clickbait. But that's the problem. There's so much clickbait out there because it's such an effective way to get people to pay attention to things because as it. you said, people focus on failure and negative and anger. That's what we want to see. Controversy. That's what we want to see. People yeah. want to see the anger. Yeah. And and you know, where Why do you think that is? Because it's just the times. It's it's that's what's cool now. What's is that cool, what it is? What's or cool is, is being negative. You know how you always have some people. This is a great example. How you have people. Me and you can talk about a movie, right? We can talk about Titanic. Wow, man, Titanic, one of the biggest movies of all time. Fucking great movie. Yo, yes, it was a great movie. And one guy for no reason go. I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You ain't like Titanic? Fucking bullshit. Why? Man, I ain't got. I know why. <laughs> now tell me, why? Why'd you hate it? I ain't got time to talk to you about that. The cool thing is just being different. I wanna, I wanna be completely opposite than all these Contrarian. positive people. You know what? No, no, no. That shit was ass. <laughs> why? 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 Why was it ass? You have people that just like to do that. Oh yeah, for sure. And 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 what happens when one person does it? Another person for no reason all go, yeah, me too. Yeah, that shit was ass, man. I ain't, I ain't like it either. Did you see it? What y'all talking about? <laughs> you don't even know what they're talking about. But you just want to hop on the negative train. Right. Because that's what's cool. It's not cool to be positive. It's not cool to be happy. I don't know if it's a cool thing. I think it's usually people that are really frustrated with their lives. 100%. I mean, uh, like, that's, the, that's the factual side to it. I, I did a joke before. I was like, do you think Michael Jordan leaves YouTube comments? I'm like, I bet he doesn't. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> that's not for winners. No. The, 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 not the, at all. The type of people that want to get mad and complain constantly <laughs> about shit like that. Do you know what it takes to do this right here? <laughs> Not much. Do you know right here? Yeah. I'm going to tell you how I feel right in your comment section, Joe Rogan. You can kiss my. You know what that takes? You, what do you have going on that you have the time to just simply 
be that negative and, and do it in this world and universe. It's so just a mismanagement of your time. Time. Yeah, time. time is so valuable. And, and I, I don't think people understand how valuable they can be if they use their time correctly. Yes. Now, have you always been like this? Have you I'm, always been I'm this ambitious? I'm a positive always? fucking guy, man. But always? Always. Really? I find a light in every dark tunnel. I will find a goddamn light, man. <laughs> I hear it all. You, listen, when I tell you the weight on my back is so heavy of all the stuff that I deal with, and I'm fine. The reason why I'm fine is because I'm genuinely happy. I'm happy. And I'm not happy just because of the success. The success acts as a bonus. I'm happy because I truly know the definition and the feeling that comes with happiness. I truly know it. I felt it. I felt it when I said, yo, what really makes me happy? And I look at Heaven and Hendrix and I look at Zoe. I look at my wife. I go, yo. I didn't have the family shit when I was coming up. Yeah, I got one. I got one. Look what I done did. Look what I built. These people depend on me. I provide for these people. That makes me happy. That makes me happy when my daughter comes up. Dad, you're not only my dad, you're my best friend. Yo, I'm happy. That's my world. So everything else from the outside that comes in, you're, you're, you're throwing shit at a at a at a bubble that can't be popped. Mm. It's a force field around me. Yeah, it's a force field around me because what matters, what really matters, loves me wholeheartedly. And when you have that, and you understand that, you're unbreakable. So if you don't add to that force field, if you don't make my force field stronger, you don't you don't you don't get time from me, my team. Heartbeat Productions, the people underneath my umbrella. You're a part of my force field. You believe what I believe. We all see the same things. We want the same things. So we march with the same beat. You can't, you can't shake that when you're an individual that's seen that and understands that. If you've never felt that, if you have no idea what that feels like, then it's easy to shake you. That's why some people are easily broken. Being broken is not a hard thing. It's not a hard thing. So those that do get broken, those that do get down, those that do get depressed, I understand. I understand. I don't, I don't knock people for it. Mm. I don't knock anybody for it. What I also understand is that the encouragement that can come from so many can add value for those that may need a little push. Mm. That may need a little, hey man, pick your chin up. It's so easy to be that positive reinforcement for somebody and add value. It's so easy. But some people choose to throw that aside and kick while you're down. Mm. I try to put out the light of positivity because whoever's out there, you I don't know what it could do for somebody else. But somebody else may just simply look at me and say, yo, the way that he embraces his kids makes me want to be a better father. Yo, the way that this man doesn't stop and the way that every day he wakes up and he's just positive regardless of what's going on makes me realize that this shit ain't so bad. The way that he gets up and says, hey, today's another day. It's a morning. Let's all be better than we were yesterday. Somebody probably needed to hear that. The more that I can give that out and I can take my platform to throw good energy out, I'm doing my part. Because there's so many that throw out the complete opposite. Yeah. 
I don't want to be a part of that. That's beautiful, man. That's and that's true. I believe you. It's not it's not forced. Right. It's not phony. Yeah. It's not fake. I get shit every day. I hear shit every day. It's very contagious too. I had I had a lady I had a lady, right? Later on. Down. <laughs> <laughs> lady rolled down the window she goes when you gonna make a good movie again I said uh did you see the upside I thought the upside was good what's that <laughs> oh shit it's a movie it's one of my movies that's out I think I think it's a good movie I didn't see that <laughs> <laughs> all right ma'am you have a beautiful day that's hilarious. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's it. I, yeah. I, all, I, right. I, all right. Damn. What she said? That she asked the question <laughs> with such conviction. Like, literally. Yeah. And by the way, I could have said a lot of shit. Like, she rolled her window right. down. You could tell she still had the crank. So, I'm like, <laughs> I could have said a lot of shit. I didn't. Right. <laughs> I didn't. I Let didn't. There's a lot of things that I could say to you, ma'am. When you going to make a good movie? Right. It's snapping. <laughs> Well, I got one out. The upside. You see the upside? What's that? Oh. It's a movie. It's, uh, it's out now. Amazing that that's how she chooses to come at you. I see it. I'm, I get it. She chooses to come at you with a negative. I get it every day. Mm. When you going to be funny again? I'm trying my best. <laughs> oh. Trying my best. If it's not working for you, hopefully I do better soon. What do you? Yeah. What do you? What, what am I going to feed into that? And it, why? Why? Right. right. Why? Why? For what? Yeah. For what? It seems to have been working thus far. <laughs> are you getting this positive attitude towards life from life experience? Are you getting it from books? Did someone teach you how to think I'm, like this? I'm getting it from the experiences and from the the real understanding of perfection doesn't exist. It don't exist, Joe. Mm. We're, we're in a time right now where people expect perfection. You expect perfection. And I don't know where this came from. I don't know what happened that this is the criteria for living. My true understanding is, all right, you got one life. And that one life, the goal for us is to live it to the best of our ability from the beginning to what said the end. In the middle in the beginning, middle, you're going to do things, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to fuck up. You're supposed to learn and then move forward with the understanding of what not to do. And when you move forward, life may get better, it may not, but somewhere along the lines it's going to click. And everything that I went through back here was supposed to happen so that now that I'm here, I'm able to go ahead with such a high level of knowledge and I can make other people better. I can make myself better. I can do more for my family. Something happens. My dad is the prime example. Crazy drug addict. In and out of jail. Life was very bad. Very fucking bad for my dad. Son got successful. Son then took money. Gave it to his dad. Here's your house. Here's your truck. Here's your monthly. At this age, I want you to live your life. You'd have made mistakes. You can't rebuild and correct the things that you've done. I'm your son. I love you. You can't go back and, 
and redo. You can't try to keep going backwards. It ain't about me. You got grandkids. Mm. Go be the best grandpa you can be for these grandkids. That's your focus now. Where's this energy devoted to? Being a grandpa for the grandkids. Don't worry about me. But something happened in your life. Something happened that took you in the direction to reap the benefits of your son's happiness and success. My energy is now contagious enough and I hand it to you. So now you're able to give that off to all these other people that you're around. Something happens. And that's in every single life. In every life. I understand that. There's a payoff for bad eventually. There's a payoff. It can't be bad, but for so long. If you got the strength and the understanding to realize that, shit will change. It will change. It's impossible. It's just like poker. I don't know if you play poker or not. I don't. If you play poker, you can run bad forever, but it will eventually turn around once you grasp the understanding of the game. Eventually, it's going to turn around. Blackjack, you're never going to beat the casino, but eventually you're going to have a good run. If you catch a run, you'll do good. Get the fuck out of there. You waited long enough for it to happen. Here it come. Catch it. Leave. Anything in life will eventually turn good. No, but this is coming just from your own personal experience. You didn't experiences. have any role models that My spoke mother, to you this way? Nancy Hart. Did she speak to you like this? About positivity and about... Really? My mom reinforced knowledge. My mom reinforced you don't start things and not finish them. You don't quit. There's nothing that comes out of quitting besides knowing that you didn't finish. We finish everything. You start it, finish it. If you're going to do it, do it to try and be the best. Not be better than other people, be the best for you. If you're in school and you're going to class, I'm not asking you to get straight A's. I'm asking you to get the best grade that you can possibly get. Give me 100% all the time and I'm a happy mother. When you half-ass me, I'm on your ass. <laughs> Mom, I want to do this. I want to I play baseball. Well, then you're going to play. Mom, I don't like that no more. Then why'd you start the season? Because I thought I wanted to do it. Then you're going to finish the season. You don't quit. There's other people that invested time and energy into you. You don't just quit on people. But I don't want to do it. Finish the season. Mom, I want to swim. Then you're going to finish swimming. It didn't matter what I did. I was never allowed to quit. So now in anything I do, when I pick it up and say I'm going to start it, I got to finish it. It all don't work. It all ain't the best. Mm. It all ain't knocked out the park. But I walk away saying I finished it. I did it. I did it. Right now I've been boxing. I saw. I saw you working out with Rico Verhoeven. I'm fucking, um, first of all, very strong kicker. He's uh, a giant. Listen, uh, he's huge, a giant man. Huge man. Huge man. Okay. He's a fucking beast. Uh, he's a good guy. guy too, man. Good guy. But I started Viking it. jeans. I started it and I said, why am I doing this? I'm not going to be a professional fighter. I'm not trying to be an amateur fighter. I'm doing it to get in shape. All right. Then I started getting in shape and I said, you know, so much that I don't know about the sport. I at least want to make sure that I'm paying homage to the people that do this for a living by really understanding and learning it. Mm. You know what? I'm going to get a real trainer. I'm going to get some real people to show me everything. So when it's all said and done and I look back after my training, I can go, I gave it 100% and look at how good I got. Look at what I'm a product of. I spar. 
I go get in the Do ring. Do you really? Yeah, just to feel it. To, so I can say you know I did what, it. You know who else bars? Brian Callen. Is this Are you? Are you serious? No. That's me. Yeah, that's me. Come on. That's me. Dude. That's me. It's getting there, too. Look at this. Who is teaching you? Uh, his name is Biggs. He's in Atlanta. That's me learning how to turtle shell within punches. Wow. Uh, but, you know, he's a former Golden Glove guy. Really good. Dude, you were in a cup and everything. Well, that was after sparring session when I'm, like, real tired. Damn, Yeah, dude. I done got touched. I done got my ass whipped in every couple times. Um, Are I you go with a guy. worried about that at all? Getting no, because I'm not. I don't go crazy. We headgear and headgear I'm not in there. for you. But I'm not in there with guys that are trying to hurt. You. Yes, right. I'm not in there with touching you. guys that have no concept control. of reality yeah. or control. Like they're they're just helping me understand. Right. Here's why you have to keep your hand up. That is a problem with celebrities trying to spar. Like if you try to like you know that's why Mickey Rourke started getting all that facial surgery. Are you serious? Yeah, he's sparring with James Tony. Jesus Christ! <laughs> James Tony would beat the Jesus fucking shit Christ. out of him, man. Well, that's just. <laughs> It's just not a smart move Jeez. right there. That's just it's James Tony's a mean man. Yeah, that's just I, you can't like I don't I don't go in that space. Have uh, you ever seen James Tony talk shit while he spars? No. It's some of the most entertaining thing you'll ever find on YouTube. He's just he just uh, won't shut the fuck up the while whole he's time. beating your ass. He's talking shit. Well, that's, Come that's, on, bitch. That's hurtful. Come on, bitch. What yeah. you got, bitch? Oh, this ain't shit. That's he hurtful. Just, <laughs> that's hurtful. That's and he's one of the best defensive fighters ever. So he's really difficult to hit. He's got that shell going. I stand right in front of you and you can't hit him. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah. I had a guy that's got a Mikey I've been sparring with. Mikey, Mikey hit me with three punches. I thought. I thought Mikey literally had like six arms. This is a true story. <laughs> this, I said, I don't know what just happened, <laughs> but I thought I had my hands up. And no matter where I put him, he just tapped me. He lets me feel it, but not right. to where I'm like getting knocked out. But I understand now movement. I understand pivots. I understand mm. shoulder protection. Right. And that's my goal. My goal is just to understand because I can't do anything halfway. Kev, you trying to fight somebody? Nope. Right. Nope. I just want to say that I did it and I learned. And I can move and I look the part because I put time into it. Well, as you learn it, too, and as you watch it and you start get trained, then you start to look at a guy like a Terrence Crawford or a Lomachenko mm. Mm. and you go, oh, now I appreciate what you're doing. Because <sighs> before you'd see like, oh, yeah, he beat that guy up. Oh, yeah, he knocked that guy out. But then you see like how he ducks under the left and fires back with the right. And you're insane. like, oh, Jesus, this is precision. It's insane. Yeah. You, the, the respect that I have for people that do that on a day to day is yeah. through the roof. You're, you're in people that fight are in the most amazing shape in the universe. Yeah. You're in the most amazing shape ever to move, get hit for three to five minutes around, come back, do it, come back, do it. And these fights go on and on and on. I, I take my hat off to you. Yeah. You get three rounds out of me, I'm breathing out my butt. <laughs> I'm, I don't know where the air is coming from. Yeah. I'm searching for it. It's a crazy way to make a living, too, man. Oh, yes. To I, I thank God your that body I'm, and your brain yeah, like I thank that. God that I don't. Uh, I didn't have to go down that route. And, you know, to those that do, just make sure you just put your, your body first. Like you said, it's uh, it's hurtful when you see the damage that it can cause. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier, like seeing guys as they start to deteriorate. And it's hard because nobody wants to tell them that either. Everybody yeah. wants to tell them they got one more good fight in them. And let's uh, maybe at the end of the year, then we'll decide. But right now we're going to train hard. And mm. That's tough. 
it's hard too because there's no options. They don't once you've established yourself as a professional fighter and you don't have an exit strategy. You don't mm -hmm. know what to do. You know now at least thankfully because of the internet, guys are getting podcasts and they're starting doing commentary mm -hmm. shows. And they're talking about fighting mm -hmm. and it's the positive. Yeah. See what you just did there? Yes. You just found the positive. Yes. That's the positive <laughs> within the internet. There mm -hmm. is positive. Oh, for but sure. You just don't. You just don't hear it celebrated as much. Well, the, the internet is very positive for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is this show we do on the internet. I mean, all not not just podcasts, but YouTube videos, mm -hmm. and also information. I know more because of the internet than I ever would have yeah. without it. There's not a not a doubt in my mind that yeah. I'm a more educated, more aware person I want because to of the internet. Yeah, you, know? you get the things that you're able to find and search. And I mean, like you said, you're you're able to self-educate yeah. at, a, at a very high level. These are the goods. Yeah. We're talking about the goods. So when you talk about positive, Kevin, how have you been? Yeah. Are you always like that? It's this. It's the things that I look at that are so easy. You're not just positive, though. You're like crazy ambitious. That's the thing that For always sure. gets me about you and The Rock. For sure. It's like the ambition's off the charts. Like, I know you're rich as fuck. Mm -hmm. Like, when when do you think you got enough? You don't have enough. There's no, there's no enough. I don't have enough because it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. So, you know, when, when you put a cap on it, you're, you're putting a punctuation to it. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the ambition comes from seeing what's out there that can be obtained. You know, when you see what's out there. Like what? You mean physical things? Like what when do you, you mean? see what's out there, when you see where people are really gaining wealth and knowledge from, okay? The business relationships that you're able to acquire, the people that you're able to partner with and create certain things, different revenue streams. What I found is, as a young black guy from North Philadelphia, the biggest problem with, the biggest problem within our community is knowledge. We don't know. Debt, debt is welcomed because it's celebrated. That's all we know. Yeah, hey, nah, I'm going to get that credit card. I'm going to fuck that credit card up, and it is what it is. They got to figure that out. I ain't got it after that. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm getting student loans. They gave it to me. Then after that, shit, it is what it is. I'm figuring it out. And I'll put a cable bill in your name. You put it in my name. We can switch it up. Whatever. They do it. Let's just put it in somebody else's name. It's welcome. The hustle is welcome. The knowledge of banks and what you can do or can't do is, is fucking, you don't even get it because you go to check cashing places. The reason why you go to check cashing places is because I don't want to go through that shit with the banks. I don't trust that. Go right there to check cashing places. Let me get mine. Let me get mine now. Take $30, whatever. Let me get it. The knowledge isn't given. So it's not till you obtain that knowledge and understanding that you go, oh, shit. Oh, this is why you put money up. Oh, this is, this is how... You increase versus decrease. Oh, this is how you earn on your money. Oh, wow. I can gain wealth by investing in what? The stock world is what? How many people partake in the stock world? And is there a part that isn't necessarily gambling? Is there a low risk part? These, this not, the information isn't there. Right. So it's not until I got to a certain level and a certain group of people where I got it. And now that I got it, I want to give it. So now I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it to the people that I know need it most. And for me, that younger generation of black people that don't understand the cool thing is in financial longevity, not in the now. 
It's not in the moment for jewelry, not in the moment for the car. It's in the longevity. It's in building so at the end of the day you can say, look at what I have. Look at what I worked for. Look at what I have that's mine. Monopoly is real. But you have to have the financial understanding. And I, I, I teamed up. I got chased right now. We're doing something called financial fitness, where it's just about me educating people on money. Really? How to manage money, how to, how to be smart with your money. But it's coming from a person that fucked up money. I didn't always understand it. I owed in taxes before because I didn't understand it in the beginning. I had bad credit. Credit cards wouldn't take me because I maxed out, whatever. I've been there. I've done it. Thank God I was able to fix it and get on the right path. And now that I have the knowledge, I want to give it because you simply don't know. So when you say the end game, the end game is getting to a point where I've taken all the knowledge that I've been able to get over these years and really applying it and providing family wealth. When it's all said and done, the last name Hart is going to mean just more, a lot more than just Kevin Hart and comedy. Heartbeat Productions, you got Heartbeat Digital, you got Heartbeat Ventures, you got Heartbeat Real Estate. There's so many things that the last name Hart will be attached to. You sell real estate? Kevin Hart doesn't sell real estate. I buy real estate. I don't sell it. I like sell how you it. talk about yourself in the third yes, person, Yes, I'm too. sorry about that. <laughs> I don't sell it. I, I buy it. But the right? reason why is because... Investment. Investment. Yeah. But, but as you get older, you learn this. You learn it. And, and you know, it's such a thing where you talk about... Um, Black versus white. You know, a lot of people do that. And and rightfully so. Like, there, there is racism. Racism exists. I'm not unaware of that. But there is a high volume of it that's, that's non-existent to people that are good people. And when you can merge yourself with good people and follow the paths that you see that these good, successful people have taken, you then become a part of a world and group that nobody expected you to be in. So for me, I now have the position to do that and take all of these relationships and all this knowledge and take it back to the people that need it most. I like to share. I don't want it all by myself. Now, are you doing this and the financial stuff? Are you doing this in videos? Are you like releasing Not videos? Not in videos, like, no. We're going to start uh, We're going to start financial fitness, like I said, with Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, Jamie Diamond, very good guy. Uh, Tashonda as well. They're, they're help leading in charge and just saying, how can we get to the people that we feel need the financial information the most. So I said, put me out there. Like, let's let's go directly to the consumer. So from colleges, uh, from high schools, um, senior classes, junior classes, going out and talking to people before they go into the next stages of their life about the things that you should know. Before so you're you going to speak to them? Is yeah. That what you're doing? <clears throat> and just so. share personal information. Are you going to put this stuff online as well, though? Yeah. Yeah, you'll be able to track and find content from it, but I'm authentic. So I said the best way to really do it is to put me in a position to be heard. Right. I want to be heard. Like, like it's a different story. What I explained to uh, the the people of J.P. Morgan Chase just when we were talking about this, and there's an amazing board of people uh, that, that are just figuring this out and the best way to go and do it. And I said, you can't have uh, the white guy that's never been – to the hood or who's not from the hood or has no idea how the economy works here and what the real troubles are. You can't throw that man in the situation to talk to people because I'm not listening to you from the gate because you don't relate. I don't relate to you. But throwing somebody in a situation that's lived it, that's been in it, that's been fucked up in it, made it out of it and is now coming back to help. Right. It's a different ball game. And that's what I want to be.
And, you know, we have other voices outside of myself, um, very powerful voices that are going to do it as well. But the, the purpose is to align ourselves to really make a change. So you can either be the conversation about making change or you can be actual a part of the action to do it. I want to be a part of the action. And in doing it, you'll also be able to understand my drive. You'll get why I do so much. You'll get why my hand is in so much because I have access to it. And the question should be, why not? Yeah. The question shouldn't be, yo, why is he doing everything? It should be, why aren't you? Why aren't you trying to do everything? Why not? Well, that's the thing about a guy like you that becomes contagious. Like what you were saying about surrounding yourself with positive people mm -hmm. and people that are constantly ambitious and that, that there's fuel to that. You feel good mm -hmm. about that. That's what you're doing. I can, I can say seeing you here, right? We walked around. You showed me your facility. Loved it. Beautiful facility. You talked to me about how your podcast has grown to where you are now, the success behind it. I don't leave here and go, yo, that's dope as shit. I go, hey, I need to do more work on my radio station. Laugh Out Loud Radio, I own it. It's mine. I got a show in there. But you know what? Joe fucking motivated me to do more. I want to make sure that we understand really what's out here within this radio world because I just saw my guy. In his space, and I saw how happy he is with the success that he has. I don't want to be you or beat you. I want to take this energy and apply it to myself. That's the purpose of seeing. Yeah. That's the purpose of being smart with your eyeballs. You should be a sponge. So I'm a sponge. So I come here, and I look at how you maneuver. I look at your setup. I not only bow down and congratulate you. I leave, and I say, yo, man, I'm inspired, dude. That's dope as hell. Joe, I can't wait in two years. You're going to come and you're going to see my shit. And you remember I said I was inspired, but you're going to see what I let it grow into. That's the proper way to get encouraged and motivated. Right. As opposed to being a hater. A hater and, and yeah. competitive. Yeah. And I'm going to beat you. It's yeah. not a competition. Yeah, I'm not interested in that either. No. I, I share the exact same feelings. It's not a competition at all. Yeah. So and if you don't have people like that that are inspiring around you, you might not know how positive it is and how, how how powerful it is. If you see someone that's on television or on social media and you see them, it's hard to be inspired. You don't know them. But you're I, I can say look at your circle, right? And in your circle, if the conversation is all about what we hate, I can't stand that song. <laughs> you see that new fucking car came out okay, That shit is ass I can't stand that fucking car Yo man I can't stand this city Why the fuck we even in this city What we eating I hate that place It's so easy If you People don't even listen to it It's so easy It could be the smallest shit in the world The smallest shit But if it's always hate Can't stand these fucking headphones Why we got these headphones I hate these <laughs> Fucking hardwood tape Why, why is it Fuck, I can't stand this hardwood table. I hate hardwood. Why could you get a regular table? I fucking hate this shit. Fucking chairs. You ain't got better chairs? I hate these shit. It's so easy. <laughs> right. It's so easy. It's so easy to talk about hate. Yeah, yeah. And so many people don't realize that in a group, you do it. You ping pong hate off of one another. Yeah. Unless it's funny. It can be funny hate. Sometimes, funny, sometimes funny hate, good hate. Funny hate <laughs> is just between yourselves. Like Patrice? Like, yeah, Patrice was, was one of the best. And funny hate. One of the best funny <laughs> haters. Okay. Okay. You, you bring up a good point. Comedic hate is a different kind, is of, a hate. Different kind of hate. 
Yeah. Comedic hate. Right. Rest in peace, Patrice, Patrice O'Neal. Rest in peace. One of the, not one of the, probably the best. Patrice, Patrice sure used to do, time. I remember when I would talk, and if I was saying something, you would just hear, ugh. <laughs> 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 what? what? What are you talking about? He's like, ugh. Mm. What? What are you talking about? He's like, just the way you talk bugs me. <laughs> I was like, What? Your voice, everything about your voice just makes me want to punch you in the face. And I was like, we, we ain't talking about He's like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> when he would go after you, too, it, it kind of made you feel good, too. Like, if you're a comic, especially if you're a comic, like uh, I called Opie and Anthony once I was talking to them, and Anthony... Anthony always has a gun on him. He yeah. carries a gun everywhere. <laughs> like he has a concealed carry permit and shit. And I said to him, I said, do you ever worry that maybe you're putting out this energy and you're manifesting something like some sort of an attack on you yeah. because you're constantly dwelling on it and you always have this gun. And Patrice goes, Joe believe in magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe believe in conjuring up the world. <laughs> hey, man, a positive energy just starts laughing. See, he's magic. Joe's magic. <laughs> Shit on me. And I'm like, ah. when, when he would go after you, man, it was like you just want to step back and watch. I like, remember he got Bill Burr so mad one time. <laughs> oh, Bill used to get so fucking mad. Beautiful thing about Bill Burr, but we'd be snapping. Bill, Bill was the guy to get mad. Like, it's, it's not funny. <laughs> if you went after him, yeah, it's yes. not none of it's funny. Y'all yeah. laughing? He would be like, "Where's the punchline in it?" There's no punchline. Yes. He would get so fucking mad. We the comedy cellar, the days that we had there, man. Bill Burr, Patrice O'Neill, Keith Robinson, Jim Norton, Colin Quinn, myself. Um, when I say we would sit at this table. We would sit at this table for four to five hours and it would be nothing but beautiful trashings <laughs> to one another. When I say they used to give me so much shit, that's probably why it's so hard to bother me now. The trashings that I took from the age 20 to 24 in my young comedic career about how awful I was. I, I had a joke. I had a joke way in the beginning yeah. of my career. Because of the times, let me preface this. This was way in the beginning of my career. This was a joke that I had about uh, about little people, midgets at the time. And it's, you know, it was, it was so bad. It was I got robbed by a cross-eyed midget. And the joke was, I didn't know he was robbing me because I was with somebody else. So he was looking at my friend, but he was robbing me. It was like a play on being cross. It was right. very, very awful joke. I remember telling this joke and a phone book comes flying on the stage. <laughs> Patrice threw a fucking phone book at me. I'm talking, this is the way at the Boston Comedy Club. It's people in a crowd. Tiny little place. All you heard was, and you sit back, it hits the floor. I said, yo, what the, what the fuck was that? And Patrice said, read it. There's better material in it than what you're saying now. <laughs> Crowd starts laughing. Ugh. He's, ugh. They all, when I say <laughs> they used to trash me so bad. So bad, man. Uh, give you a legendary Patrice O'Neill story. I caught Patrice jerking off in my house before. This is, this is, I moved to LA. I'm staying in the two bedroom apartment. I just got there. Patrice is coming out. I said, yo, you need to play sad. I said, I got two bedrooms. 
you can come there. This is my ex-wife at the time. Uh, you know, I come home. It's like afternoon. I was like, Patrice, I'm like, yo, you home? Patrice. Patrice. I go in the back, open up the door. I said, I had this big-ass computer. <laughs> All I see is his back hunched over. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, it's like baby oil right here. And I come in. I'm like, yo, what you doing? He's like, yo, get out. Get out. Get out. Are you jerking off of my house, man? <laughs> like, he's, he's so sick. He's so fucking uh, sick. Uh. That he didn't stop. He said, get out, get out, get out. He, he was so concerned with finishing that he didn't even break stride. He didn't turn around, acknowledge me, nothing. He, get out, get out. You just saw his back hunched. He, put his he, pants came, out, he came out like seven minutes later. He was like, my bad, I didn't know you was coming home. Didn't even acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Patrice, man. I love him to death. Love him to death. Yeah, he had the most don't give a fuck of any 100%. comic I ever met. Like 100%. the most. 100%. Yeah. Good and bad, though. Yeah. You know, there was yeah. there was a good to it, and there was also some bad to, you know, a lot of things that didn't happen for Patrice probably could have happened, but I think the, the level of not give a fuck yeah. uh, prevented some of those things. Well, me. he was almost too authentic. Yes. Like his like, did you ever see that? Was it Charlie Sheen's roast? Whose roast was it that he did where he just tortured oh everybody God, else that was on the roast and, with him? And then it, he got up there and afterwards, like, you, he was you like, motherfuckers on on my level. Yeah, he talking Why shit about here? me. Why he, am I here? I shouldn't even be here with you guys. Who who the fuck is this bitch? Who is this bitch? <laughs> to her. Oh my God, Patrice has so many of those things. Yeah, so many things. One of one of the best to do it. Uh, if you if you are listening, you're not educated on Patrice O'Neill. I, I I asked that you just watch uh, Elephant in the Room, one of his specials. Yeah. some of the some of the funniest shit ever, man. And so insightful. Mm -hmm. He was so wise. Very as very to, like, smart. The, the way people thought and behaved, he would say shit. Like one of the things that he said that I I tell people all the time. It's a it's a brilliant thing that he said. It was um, I forget what controversy it was, but he was on television with some woman. It was saying that you should never tell jokes about certain things, you know, and, and they were they were getting mad at someone. I think it was Opie and Anthony about a joke. And he said, you got to understand that all jokes come from the same place. The mm -hmm. ones you like and the ones you don't mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. The ones that make you laugh and the ones that make you mad. They all come from the same place. Someone's just trying to be funny. Yeah. Like sometimes they just don't work. I, I had a talk. I had a talk with the, the I forgot her name. I got I forgot her name, but it was when I was doing all the promo for Upside, and they kept trying to break down, you know, where 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 the jokes come from, you know, Kevin these uh, insensitive jokes mm. that you told back then. Why? What what makes you? Why would you even say those things? And the hardest thing for me to explain, I was like, Do you think people think of jokes? And while thinking of them, think that they're not going to be funny. Everything that you think of in a joke form, you're thinking of it because you think you're going to get a laugh behind it. Yeah. The gamble is if I get the laugh versus not get the laugh. If yeah. I don't get the laugh, the joke was not funny. If I get a laugh, then I guess I'm on to something. There isn't a bunch of thought that goes into the funny moments that we think may be great bits. Yeah. I wish that I had a more logical answer to put behind it. I said, but I don't, especially at that time in my career. I just thought it would be funny. The same way that 
some people think certain jokes funny that aren't funny. It's a thought. Comedians are constantly throwing shit out there. Yeah. You're constantly rolling the dice and throwing shit out there. Half the shit you roll ain't good. Right. It's not going to be good. The other half, maybe all right, maybe kind of good, but it's all with the intent of entertaining. It's not with the intent of being malicious. It's not with the intent of sparking hatred. It's all trying to make you laugh. Yeah. That's it. Like it's it's literally that simple from a thought within a comedian's mind. Yeah. Nothing nothing else. And they kept trying to look for this like hard definition of why. And I was like, I don't have it. I don't have the reason why. I thought it would be funny and it wasn't. That's the downfall. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's it's and the thing is about this art form is that up until 10, 15 years ago, there was never any discussion like this. Mm-mm. It wasn't so, so when we developed and when we were coming up, there was never, it was just like, and there was always guys that would push the envelope way too far. You'd be mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ, you see his new bit? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. And you'd be laughing. Yeah. You'd tell it to each other and be like, ah! Yeah. And it didn't matter what it was a joke about murder or rape or mm-hmm. what. Some people just, they choose those dark subjects. Yes. It's like they're trying to make us laugh. Yeah. You know, the, the comedians, the comedians, comedian. There's always going to be those. Well, you just in the back, you go, ooh. Do you know uh, Brian Holtzman? hundred percent. Yeah. Brian yeah. Holtzman's that guy. He's uh, one, one of my funniest dudes. And 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 there's no way that I could say no. some of the stuff that I heard him say. Do but you remember Susan Smith, that lady who drowned her kids? I, I, know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And I know the moment. Yeah. But I, I'm not familiar with all... All that involved. Holtzman was on stage that week, and he's like, I heard those kids were bad. Oh, my God. I heard they sat that close oh. to the TV. They never put away their blocks. They oh. always spilt their milk. Oh. Those kids will not be missed. Yeah. And you, was, you were just like, what oh. in the fuck? It was like 9-11 when 9-11 happened. They wouldn't let him on stage. Well, Mitzi Shore would not let him on stage for months after 9-11. She's like, no way. Keep him off the stage. I can't. I mean, do you have, do you have the people that just are... They're, they go for that. They go for it because they want to hear you howling in the yeah. back of the room. They yeah. know that like if it's, you know, comics are there in the back of the room, they're going to laugh their fucking ass off at that shit. And, and you know, it's weird because right now within the times, I'm, I'm the comedian that chooses to be sensitive to the times. You know, I've made the choice to say, I understand. I get why. You shouldn't say certain things or why you should avoid this, that, or this. I I understand, and I am. But then there's other comedians that go, you know what? I'm on stage, and I'm going to be me, and I'm not going to do that because people are telling me that this is what I— I'm going to go harder and do that. That that just exists. It just exists. But I think it's easier to just say, I'm not a fan. That comedy isn't for me. Right. You know what? I don't I don't like the taste of this particular comedian, so I'm not going to support or watch that comedian. I'm going to find another comedian that's more to my liking. I'm going to go and just turn my head. Like, I want us to get back to just understanding that you just don't have to support it. Yeah. That's it. Well, it's, there's a lot of fucking options. It's very, I mean, there's so many. Today? Yeah, there's, there's so never many. never been more. Never been more comics. There's like high so level many. comics. I think about how many people are doing Netflix specials today. There's so many. There's never been more. It's so many. Yeah, it's so, crazy. So I don't understand why there's a, 
push to destroy what you just don't have to support or like. I think it's just a bunch of people that have a, an ability to influence things now that didn't mm -hmm. have an ability before. And it's like they see a window and they want to throw a rock. It's right there. Makes sense. Makes I think sense. there's something that. But I also think <clears throat> for us, like me, for me in particular, I really like fucked up comedy. Mm -hmm. It's one of my, it's like, I like Quentin Tarantino movies where people get shot and killed. Yeah. I don't want anybody to get shot and killed in real life. Yeah. But I like fucked up comedy. Yeah. Like, do you know who Tim Dillon is? Yes, I do. do you, pull, pull up that fucking video that, of him being <laughs> Megan McCain. <laughs> Have you seen this? No. I'm laughing oh already, though. He is a savage, dude. He goes so hard. <laughs> but I, I saw this video. I was Tears are rolling down my eyes. I was crying. And I was like, okay, this guy's needed. We need this right now. Because during this political correct push, he got this big, giant gay dude who doesn't give a fuck. Let me see. He's an animal, man. I want to see watch, watch this shit. My father died. I had a baby with him. <laughs> and we're going to... It will be raised in captivity... It'll be raised privately to be the greatest politician that has ever lived. <coughs> My name is Meghan McCain, and I'm on a news show for you. You have to see and this, Donald too, Trump, folks. And Donald Trump, that fucking riverboat casino captain, is talking <coughs> shit about my father again. My father was tortured for a hundred years for this fucking country, and he came back and he started seven wars because he's a gentleman. Fuck you, Trump. I'm going to wear my father's skin mask, and I'm going to primary Trump from the right. Come on the view, bitch. If you're that tough, come on The View. You want an Alessandria Ocasio-Cortez? You want this shit? You want to fuck these tits, Trump? You want to fuck these tits? No, you don't. You want to suck cocks. But I won't fuck you because the only person I'll fuck is Daddy. I'll fuck his corpse. I'll fuck Daddy's corpse. Before my father died, I had a baby. Wait a minute. He's an wait animal, bro. He's an animal. Wait a he's minute. He's wearing, folks, you don't know, he's wearing lipstick and a wig, oh. and he's smoking a cigarette in a dress, and he's all of 300 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a fucking animal. He is such <laughs> a fucking wanna, animal. You want to fuck these? <laughs> <laughs> no, you told you just want to suck yeah. cock, but I won't fuck you because wow. I only fuck daddy. Wow! Oh my goodness! Oh, uh, that's pretty damn. That's pretty. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, it's out I'm, there. They need that guy. I, we need him. It's out there. We need guys like that. I, I mean, the the, the beautiful <laughs> thing of what we're just talking about, what we said is like it's just it's very easy to just. To just say, you know what, that's not for me, and yeah. find what is like, or to say humor, that's for me. Yes, everybody's that's humor. Just for me. <laughs> everybody's humor is different. I, I laughed. I laughed. There's a, there's a, there's a viral video of this, uh, this old guy trying to hoverboard. He's <laughs> like, fuck. He's got to be like sixty nine, seventy. And you know his grandkids are there, and he's like, "Let me, let me try it. Let me, let me try it." And this man gets on this hoverboard and takes. If you saw Mike Tyson fall on a hoverboard, his fall was worse than Mike Tyson's. I've oh. never seen somebody hit their head harder in my life, and I didn't laugh out of wanting to see this old man hurt himself. I laughed. Because it was stupid to try to get on this hoverboard in the first place. And when he got up, he tells the kids, why is it moving like that? <laughs> <laughs> I played this video for everybody because that shit made me laugh. Some people were watching and go, oh, no, no. 
Some people were watching and go, oh, oh, oh. And others would just die fucking laughing because everybody's humor is different. Yeah. Everybody's fucking humor is different. My humor is different. Falling makes me laugh. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Falling makes me laugh. I don't give a shit who you are. If you fall in front of me, no shot I'm holding that laugh. There's no shot. There's no shot. You don't stand a chance. If you fall in front of me, there's no shot that I'm not. Ah! <laughs> Bust your ass. Something, something's got to come out. Right. Falling is funny. I still think I, it's hacky. I still think farts are funny. When my kids fart, I laugh. I still, until this day, it's the funniest shit ever to me. Nah, right, come on, stop it, man. You stink. Get out of here. Stink ass. My little son, 17 months. When he fart, I laugh. Something, something within just the ability to just be fucking silly and yeah. stupid. Oh, yeah. It doesn't always have to have a meaning behind it. Some shit is just stupid. My eight-year-old farts on cue. She oh, thinks it's hilarious. First of all, that's genius. She'll tell you, listen, I got to talk to you about something. Yeah, she goes, that's yeah, it. Then go. And it she just, starts laughing. She thinks it's hilarious. She'll genius. fall down on the couch. It's the best thing in the world. She can't stop laughing. It's the best thing in the world. That's, what are you talking about? As a kid, that's all you got. That's your only bit as a kid. You got nothing else but farts. That's all you got. That's all you got to make people laugh. You should enjoy it. Yeah. You should. I Why still not? think it's funny. Falling, but falling is number one for me. <laughs> falling is number one. My wife fell down the steps. She got so mad because I didn't rush to help her. I laughed for about a good. She had a wine glass. Wine was all over the walls. Oh my God. One of the worst falls I've ever seen in my damn life. Got up. Her shoe was on one step. The other shoe was all. Falling is funny. I like it. I don't laugh at falling that much. I just deal with too many injuries. I've yeah, seen see, too many people get hurt. It's not for you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not, not for me. You, yeah. Especially old dudes falling down, hitting their head. I'm like, hey. I start thinking about brain trauma and CTE yeah. and long-term repercussions of the, the impact. After, after the laugh, after the laugh, after the laugh, I'm there. I'm right there with you. I think after your approach laugh, is probably better. I'm right there with you. There's so the one that's going on today of this dude trying to come up the stairs on this other dude. Did you see that one? And the guy stomped him and sent him flying. I'm like, all I could think of is we don't see it in the video, but that guy's head has got to be smithereens. Oh my god! Like he he had to hit his head the oh. way he fell back. Yeah, you ever see one of the guy who slipped and fell down a bunch of steps at the museum and he falls in the water? Like he yes. just keeps going until yeah. it goes in the water. Dum, 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 brilliant, dum, dum, dum. brilliant. I, I, you can't, you can't beat that. Yeah, here's me. this dude. This dude's walking up the stairs, and this dude's like, "Get the fuck off my porch! Stop! Oh. Leave oh, me alone!" Jesus. And he keeps coming. He's like, "Don't do it! Oh, Don't do it!" And he got boom, oh, smack. Oh. The way he fell back, Jesus there was Christ. no hands behind him. That's all head. That's all head. First of all, to not see that kick coming yeah. from, a, from a guy that size is <laughs> sad. But you also it? have to realize a guy that size is carrying all that weight no, all no, no. day That's long. That's the equivalent of a donkey kicking That's you right donkey. there. Yes, 100%. Yeah. That's Your chest stomp. is caved in right there. You got stomped. But to not see it, once again. Yeah. I've always thought that about fat people. That if you're really, really fat, imagine how strong your fucking legs must be. It's the strongest shit ever. Yeah. If you really get some power behind that kick. And also, if you lost the weight, you'd have these incredible legs. That's a that's always a, a theory. Just what's under there? Of course. <clears throat> but I always wonder if their knees are going to shrink. <laughs> Wait, what? Because you see someone from behind, they're like five hundred pounds. Like their knees are that wide. I'm like, okay, is that the bone? Like, is that fat around the bone? Like, has the bone grown really wide? To because your body does, your bones do get denser if you do like heavy weight. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at like powerlifter dudes, they're 
they're dense. And well, part of it is not just their frame. It's that they're constantly lifting heavy things. So your body thickens up. To as start, you, as you yeah. go. But, you know, when, when you know, people that are larger make the, the dedication to actually losing the weight and they stay away from, like, the weights and stuff and just do cardio, it sheds off so fast. Yeah, they can. Like, I know, I know a couple of friends of mine that lost, like, 130, 140 pounds and like have now just fallen in love with fitness to the point where it's unbelievable like how their body is transformed and taking a liking to the new the new process yeah. that they're now in. It's pretty yeah, yeah, they get addicted instead of food. They get addicted to being healthy. Exactly. It's p- totally possible. Totally possible. I've had I don't know how many people come up to me and said they've lost 100 pounds plus because of listening to my show mm-hmm. and having fitness experts on mm-hmm. and diet experts mm-hmm. and, and just talking about staying the fuck away from sugar. Say, don't eat late at night. Yeah, Stop eating. Guy. Stop eating at a certain time and mm-hmm. give yourself more than enough time to digest. Count your calories. Start exercising. Well, with me, I think the, <laughs> the thing with me that helps me so much is I'm not a foodie. You're not? I'm not a foodie, man. I'm, I'm just not... I'm the most care. boring guy to go eat with. I, I'm just making a turd. That's it. I'm literally just. <laughs> uh, what is that? What, what is? Yeah, that's fine. Let me get that. This baked chicken, some brown rice. That's fine. I'm good. You don't worry about eating healthy I'm or not, clean. Well, I'm a healthy eater because I'm not a foodie. Oh, so okay. it's not like it doesn't doesn't matter. Like I don't have the will or want to eat the bad shit. So if you're passing by In and Out Burger, mm-hmm. nothing. No, nothing. No, nah, man. I'm black. Fried chicken. Fried chicken. Oh, okay. Tonight. Now you you show me a Popeyes. Roscoe's? Popeyes Roscoe's is good too, but Popeyes. Really? Popeyes, Popeyes over Roscoe's? Yes, man. Popeyes. I don't understand. Popeyes is fucking. I don't know what. I don't know what's in that chicken batter, man. It's pretty damn good. The God spicy. Damn it. Do you like the spicy? Spicy set my ass on fire, but I'm still gonna do it. Yeah. I'm still gonna do it, but I'm just not. I I can consistently eat the same thing and be fine. How is Popeyes the only one who figured out that red beans and rice is it's a great shit. thing to have on the side? It's like shit. no one else has it. It's the best thing ever. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Why doesn't Burger King or McDonald's Popeyes red beans and rice. Popeyes is so good, so good that when I was younger, I was about 22, I was on a bike. I got hit by a car, right? Not too hard to where I was damaged, but I had Popeyes in my hand, like the bag. I was riding on, on my bike and holding it, one hand. Bop, got hit. Never let go of the bag. Wow. That's how good Popeyes is. Bike, <laughs> the bike, everything else. <laughs> Boom, I'm, I'm there. Popeyes held on to it. Nothing was damaged. Still took it home, finished that meal. That's incredible. That's how good Popeyes is, 100%. So that's my cheat. My cheat is Popeyes all day. Other than that, I'm a consistent either. I'm a healthy guy. So do you take vitamins or supplements or anything? I, I used to take uh, multivitamins, which inspired me to start doing my own. Like right now, we got vitamins. Of course. Yes. We got, we got, I'm, uh, I'm starting my own supplement line. Vita Hustle is Vita uh, Hustle. the multivitamin that, we, that <coughs> we're putting out. But let me tell you why, though. I'm, okay. I'm going to tell you why I'm even getting into this space. So when I look at physical fitness and I look at this world, I notice that, you know, you, you have a... You have a, a a great want and need to look like everything around you that you see. Like everybody, like everybody that's a part of this world, they look so fucking great and fit when they're talking about these products and the things that they can do. And I said, you know, what what I'm able to do and what I've done in my past, I'm always bringing people together of of 
all, like in whole. Like there is nobody's alienated. You know, when I did my runs with Nike and before I got signed by Nike, it was about bringing a bunch of people that never have ran before and getting you guys to get up and just come run with me. Just try it. And you notice I got people out there that never thought they would fucking do it and we're doing five miles. We're doing 10 miles, whatever. It's just a group run. Something to say we did. I said, how can I create a product where I'm putting people in a position to understand there's a hustle in all of us? That's what my multivitamin is about. It's the energy. It's the recharge. It's the ability to focus. It's to approach your day with all of the tools that you basically need. It's not just about the physical fitness aspect. It's about the health. So if I can actually motivate people to take the step in the right direction of health with a line of supplements that are driven for the everyday individual that may not know or be aware, but wants to engage. But you're not in it to look like all these different people. You're in it to be the best version of yourself. How can I do that? Teamed up with a great group of people to create the best possible products that I want to do. And I said, I want to be patient. So it took me four years, four years to create Vita Hustle. And how many different products do you have? Right now, just Vita Hustle. Vita Hustle is my only one right now. So it's just a vitamin? Just a multivitamin. But it's, a, it's an amazing multivitamin. Is it fact. a single pill or is it a packet? Like no, a, it's, a, it's a jar. I should have fucking bought one. Good job, A Kevin. jar? Jesus Christ. I'm so you like stupid. mix it and stuff? stuff? No, it's a, a jar full of like a- Oh, pills. Yes, pills. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you the dope stuff that's, that's in it. Because um, I don't want to not say anything and, and have it to where it's wrong. So I always Here have shit in my He's phone. He's got it up on the screen. Man, look how good he is. How good is he, man? Very Jesus good. Christ. <coughs> I get He's it, man. Best. Hey, you, I see it. Yep. That's why you're here. I was doing the same extract. thing on my phone. Blueberry fruit extract. Mm -hmm. scroll, scroll back up there. Boron, biotin, beta carotene, mm -hmm. vitamin A. That's mm -hmm. all good shit. It's all good shit. It's more than a multivitamin. Okay. Vitamin A. It's good. D, E. What is that stuff? Toco. Toco. Trenols. Tocotrenol. Tocotrenols. Vitamin E family. Mm -hmm. hmm. You ever heard of that, Jimmy? Vitamin K. Look it up. All right. Look it up. Gastrointestinal. The good thing, too, is that everything that's in it, you know, it's not only is it researchable, but you'll see why. Mm -hmm. Like, my biggest thing, like, as a guy that's not as familiar with the space, I said, who are the people that are that do it at a high level? that I can incorporate into helping me build this product. So I feel like you're never going to do it by yourself. You shouldn't try to do it by yourself. And you don't cut corners. You don't go the cheap route. You don't, you don't do it wrong, so then you have to go back and do it again. Right. So I went and I looked at the people that were involved with creating the quote-unquote best market, the best things on the market, and I put that team together. I put up a team of like four to five. And when I tell you four years, I spent a lot of money developing this shit because it wasn't right in the beginning. had to go back. Had to do it again. Wasn't right. Had to go back. Find out the other things that made other things better, other things great. Had to go right. Go get it again. Go try it. Go do it again. Not right. What else is out there? What do we compare it to? Until I felt that now when I launch, there's going to be a place for my product in the market where people will understand that it's exactly what I said it was. There is no lying. There is no you know false presentation behind a product. Kevin Hart's multivitamin is much more than multivitamin, but more importantly, it's something for everybody. And more importantly, it's to spark the hustle within all of us. And this is the first. There will be more, but it'll be after I've mastered and <clears> I've done this at the highest level, then I move to product number two. Then I move to product number three. Before you know it, you're going to see a fucking whole line 
that Kevin Hart is slowly developed and that people can actually believe in because I'm going to be a product of my own product. That's the best thing in the world. When you're a product of your product, it has to work for me before I say it's going to work for everybody else. So you take this stuff. You goddamn right I take it. How long have you been taking it? I spent all this fucking money on it. I better <laughs> take it. Uh, I've been taking the, the one that's launching now for about five to six months. Nice. I've been taking this one. I'm very happy mm. because I actually feel the difference. And the difference is just in the energy mm. that you have within a day. It's not an energy mm. fucking pill, but I do feel a difference in my, in my ability to last throughout my day like I'm right. I do a lot man I do a fucking lot so I told you I'm starting at that 5 5.30 and I'm not shutting down till at 9.10 I saw a video once where you uh, were taking a video of your your trainer passed out yeah <laughs> and you yeah. were like this lifestyle is not hard. for everybody nope. everybody everybody around <laughs> and me shuts just... down uh, very unattractive sleeper by the way shouts out to to boss Ronald Everline <laughs> one of the worst sleepers you'll ever see so you take him with you everywhere yeah my trainer's with me everywhere. Wow. Everywhere. So you train every day? Every day. Wow. Every day. Sundays are light days, light cardio, maintenance is what we call it. Mm -hmm. uh, not doing the same thing all the time. We switch it up. Love switching it up. Love finding new things within fitness to make it fun. You never want to get bored within it. So your your whole purpose is just to keep your vitality up, keep your energy up? Just To keep it, it's if I don't do it, then there's a lag. I, I need to train. I need to do it because I, I'm mentally so invested in it now that when I don't do it, I feel like I've cheated myself in a, in a day or right. a week that I've taken off. I feel like, yo, man, I'm not myself because when I am doing it, I feel like I'm always, I'm committed. Right. I'm committed to constantly building and reshaping and molding. I'm working on me. So when I'm not working on me, I don't feel like my day that's supposed to be about me is starting off with the biggest bang. Right. This is my advantage to starting off like nobody else. My day starts off before fucking worms and birds get up. I'm. What time I'm, do you get up? Five. Five, and that's when you start working I'm in out. At gym, five fifteen, five twenty. Really. Five fifteen, five twenty. No food. I don't eat. I don't eat before workout. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not an eater before I work out. Never have been though. What I am now, because I'm getting older, I'm more conscious of my body. So I'm big with sports massages. I'm big with you know making sure that uh, I'm I'm not putting myself in a position to get injured and overworked. Right. So uh, getting stretched. You know, trying to to do as much movement. Um, that as I possibly can, like when I say I'm a little walking muscle, I really am. So my flexibility is limited. So right now that's my biggest focus. So I'm about to start yoga, trying to do that. Things that can just kind of keep me in a position to, to not tighten up so I don't pull anything because I do so much. Are you going to do hot yoga? Or hot you, yoga. Yeah. Hot yoga. I do that shit all the time. Do you I really? Love it. love it. Amazing. I do it every week. Yeah. Only thing that's kept me from doing it is the smell that's possibly in there. <laughs> that's the only thing that's kept me out of it. You know, I was like. Yeah, you got to move past that. Yeah, but that's, I, I hear it get pretty bad. That's yeah, sometimes it can. Yeah, I yeah, heard. The place I go to is nice. You just got to make sure that the people take care of themselves. Where you, you don't want to be around smelly people. I'll be honest with you. I'm worried about myself. I don't know what I'm going to get. <laughs> well, especially <laughs> if you get there early in the morning, you know, eat, 
you won't worry about farting. Yeah. But the people that eat breakfast. And they go in yeah. there. They, yeah. they letting off and everything. I explained that to Killer Mike. He was talking to me about farting in yoga class. Oh, like, my God. You can't be eating. No. You can't be eating before that. How early are you going? I like to go either 6 a.m., which is rare. Most of the time, 8 Eight eight thirty mm-hmm. depends on where which place I go to too. But you love it though. Yeah, you it, love it. It's great for your head too. It's ninety minutes of suffering. You know, it's hot as fuck. Yeah. One hundred five degrees, one hundred four degrees. When you get out of there, you feel like you did something. You really? Feel like, yeah, and it just changes the way your body feels too, in terms of your mo- range of motion, your mm-hmm. flexibility, mm-hmm. all those weird connecting knots and everything just get opened up. And so, yeah. My question is when you when you're just starting though, yeah. like like I will be, mm-hmm. is it extremely tough in the beginning because yeah. you just you just got to bring a lot of ice water. Just bring a big old fucking 64 ounce one of those uh you know, thermal flasks mm-hmm. of of uh, ice water. Make sure you have enough water and I'm drink enough water me, before it. I'm talking put me in the back. Yeah. When I'm starting out. I don't need to be where people can see me. Just where where <laughs> do they got like a section in the back? Yeah, but you turn left and you turn right, everyone's going to see you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Can I be in a place where they don't see me in the beginning? Like I don't want anybody to see. You're athletic, man. You're going to be fine. You're going to be tight. It's going to be difficult for you to pull off certain poses, but you'll be fine. I'm definitely going to do it. I'm definitely going to try. And then you realize it's a challenge. I'm definitely 100% going to try. You ever fuck with jujitsu? No. That's next. Yeah. That's next. I want to hear that. That's next. Just to, that's just to, listen, this is where Rico was laughing because I say, yo, man, don't laugh when I tell you this. I've never thrown a kick. I said, so whatever you show me right now, this will be my first time doing it. I don't, I don't kick. I don't know how to kick. Right. So whatever you show me, this is, this will be me processing it for the first time. Ah. And that day we did it, we worked on it. And I think I threw a couple good kicks. A couple good front kicks. And I said, I said, look, after I'm done with boxing, I said, this will be my next task to learn how to properly throw some kicks and to move with my bottom half now that I've worked on my top. Mm. That's my next hobby. That's your next hobby. Yeah, you got to keep But jujitsu. You know, jujitsu is like. Uh, that's the, that's the tussling and, and chokes yeah, and throwing yeah, and stuff. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. You want to do that too? I'm just. There's stuff as you get older, you have to find shit to do. Right. If you don't find shit to do, you're gonna lose your mind. You would get addicted to that. I, I just want to learn you. shit. You would like it because there's so much to learn. That's the thing about it. It's a, it's a long, long, never journey. ending, never ending, yeah. never ending journey of shit. And there's also there's so many different variations of each different individual move and entries into new moves and defense and then. The structure of it is it's it gets so crazy. It's it's super complicated. My like, son, my son does. Uh, my son is heavy into boxing and karate. I got him into those, so he he does them both. So the reason why I want to do, it, I just like to keep up with him, so we can you know do things together. Mm-hmm. I have trainers come to the house and we'll work out together. He loves it, so I just don't want to get left behind. Mm, to where I can't do. To kick your yeah, ass. I don't want that. You know, when he get 17, <laughs> 18, you what you say, Dad? Hold on. Oh, hold on. Yeah, boy, you don't want hey, that. Boy, you better back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they start getting that much confidence, I just want to be able to keep up and maintain. So that's yeah. why I like to do it with him. What's well, good for a kid, too, to have that in your head where just you know how to defend yourself? Confidence. Yeah. You need that. For confidence. It'll help you avoid things, too. Well, I, I tell my kids, you know, your last name puts a, a, a target on your back that you didn't ask for. And we don't go and create problems. But you should always be prepared for problems if they were to occur. And if they do, I just want you guys to know how to defend yourself. So the things that I have my kids doing is just have the knowledge and understanding. The worst thing is just not knowing. You know, they're growing up. 
completely different than I grew up. Where I grew up, you had no choice but to know. If you ain't know how to fight, that's your ass. Because you're going to get tested. There's no way around it. You're going to get tried. You're going to get robbed. You're going to get your book bag taken. Somebody going to try to take your sneaks. Like, it's the reality. It's not a false reality. That's real. So if you're not prepared for it, if you don't have any type of heart, you won't last from where I grew up. Heart was everything. And heart was sometimes saying, I don't care if I get my ass whooped. I'm not going to be a bitch. I'm not going to I'm not going to allow y'all to think that this can happen. So I'm going to lose today. But tomorrow I'm going to come back and I'm going to find you. I'm going to talk. Whatever that moment was, it was about establishing any level of respect that you could. And that respect eventually turned into friendship from all. So my kids don't know what that world is like. They're never going to have it. So as a parent, I just have to make sure that you have all the tools that I can possibly equip you with. Because my parents didn't have the ability to provide me with that. They weren't in the financial space to, to take me here and have this extracurricular activity or this extracurricular activity or learn this or learn that. didn't exist. That is the big conundrum of successful Great people. Word. When successful people <laughs> have kids, the what made them successful is dry. I grew up poor, too. We mm-hmm. were on welfare and food stamps, mm-hmm. the whole deal when I was a little kid. And that always stuck in my head, this thought, like, we might not have enough food. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember thinking that mm-hmm. when I was little. Like, what, what if we don't have any food? What if mm-hmm. we run out of food? My kids will never feel that. They mm-hmm. don't understand what that is. And everybody that I've ever met that's interesting came from some crazy struggle yeah. when they were young. Yeah. And that's the thing of your, you and I and most people that are doing well in life, you're raising your kids in a completely different way than literally what brought you to the dance in the first yeah. place. The hunger of not being one of those people that's left behind is what makes you successful in the first place. And it's scary. It's scary because, you know, my wife, my wife told me, she was like, you know, I love that you're not hard on your kids, but you always... Make sure there's a lesson within your conversation. Like I don't yell. I don't yell at my kids. Nothing's going to register when I'm yelling. So I try my best to talk to you. Even when I'm at my angriest, I'm going to talk to you so you can process this because you need to understand what's the problem. You need to understand what's wrong. And what I had to really realize is they didn't ask to be born into this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, It's not their fault right. that they're coming up completely different than how we were raised right and we can't have anger or frustration that's dedicated and thrown towards them because they got it so much better than what we had how do we make sure that we pass down the proper lessons so that they appreciate and understand and not take for granted what they have right for me it's tough because i got good kids they're good students they apply themselves in school they listen they don't do dumb shit. Yeah, they want to play video games and stay up like any other kid. Yeah. But there's no signs of of bad or, or, or crazy. Yeah. And the fear and panic is that you got to know that bad and crazy exists. Right. This fairy tale that we're in isn't real. And at some point, when I'm not around, when your mother's not around, when your friends or other family aren't around, you may get tested with the other side that's out here that you've never seen. Right. So I got to prepare you for the shit that you don't know exists. I got to take you to Philadelphia so you can see. I try to show my kids where I grew up thinking it's going to be like, a, oh, my goodness. 
backfired. It's so cool. Can we live here? Shut up. Hey, oh, everybody Jesus get, Christ. What the fuck are you talking about? Get in the car. Everybody, get in the car right now. Everybody, we'll talk about this when we get back. Right, this is not going the way I was supposed to. Oh, my God. It's so cool, Dad. It's so different. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Walked him around the neighborhood, and it's like, it's, it's, it's not a reality. Yeah. You didn't have grass? Goodness, Dad. Oh, that's crazy. Where'd you play? Wow. Like it's, when you hear, yeah. when you hear these things, it's so wow. different, man. These were your steps. The steps are broken. How did you even play? Oh, my God, Dad. So, wait, where, where was yours? We lived on the top floor. Not the whole thing? No. It's, this is three separate units. So, the top floor was me and grandmoms. The middle that was somebody else. That was a neighbor. And downstairs was somebody else. Three different people lived in this one thing. <gasps> Together, y'all were strangers? Like, they don't... <laughs> what? Hey, shut up. Everybody, my own answers. Everybody in the car. Get in the car. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say at this part. Everybody in the car. Oh, wow. But, but when you see that, that's the reality that you get hit with of, I got to make sure that I'm talking. I got to make sure that I'm constantly teaching. Yeah. If I'm not, then I'm not doing my part. I'm failing. You know, took them to the neighborhood and showed them how stores are in the neighborhood. That's where we got candy from. Here's here's where we would get little sandwiches from. Y'all walk. We don't have no stores like this. We can't walk to stuff. It's a completely different world. Wow. It's a completely different world. See people standing on the street corners. What they doing there? Uh, be, they selling drugs. <laughs> that's That's tough right there. Those are people that your dad still knows. They've been there forever. That's what you don't want to do. But they're forced with these decisions just because of what they have to do. You just need to see this. Dad is taking you here to see this. Drove them all around. All around North Philadelphia. All around South Philadelphia. Made sure that they could see it. You got to physically see we go out the country, we go to these resorts and islands. Before we go there, we're going to drive around so you can see what exists. Before you get to this, this is why we have to be good people. This is why we treat everybody with respect. This is why your dad likes to give. Everybody doesn't have. I'm constantly beating my kids with that information. Because mm. if you assume that everybody does, you come off like such an asshole when you're around people that don't. Yeah. What? How did you? You don't. Also, you don't the advantage to. that they had growing up the way they are now, it's such a rare thing. And they, so they don't understand it. There's no way they could. A very small percentage. Yeah. A very small percentage. And that's something that I never want to let go of either. So I was in the back of my head. So how you're talking about how, you know, are we going to have enough food when you were coming up? Chris Rock's joke is so great that he used to tell about how he keeps a bag packed. At the front door, because he don't believe that this shit is his. <laughs> he said, I truly believe that at any point, somebody going to go, gotcha. You thought you lived here, didn't you? <laughs> this ain't yours. And I was like, it's so real. Because even though you have it, you can't lose the sight of reality of where what once from. was. Yeah. Do you, are you comfortable where you are now? Or do you still have those thoughts? Like, this is this real? Because you're, you're at this stratosphere of fame and success that's it's rare amongst the rare. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, like David Goggins says, you are uncommon amongst uncommon men. I will be 100% honest and say I'm comfortable 
with the understanding of hard work brings great rewards. This is a reminder of the hard work and dedication that I put into everything that I've done. I'm not content because I know where I came from and I don't ever want to go back. That doesn't mean I don't want to go back to the city. That doesn't mean I want to go back to the people. That means I don't want to go back to living like I once was. I want to go back and I want to help. I want to inspire. I want to motivate. I want to show people that there is a way out, that there is a way to do more, to get more, to obtain more. But I personally don't want to lose all that I've been able to get. So I need to make sure that I do everything to keep it. So I can't be content. Mm. So there is an understanding, but I refuse to click on the switch of, ha. So even if you, like, even if you have more money than you'll ever spend for the rest of your life, that's not what it's about. No. It's about the inspiring people and the influence and constantly giving back and moving forward in a positive way. And the only way you can do that is to stay active. It's the story, man. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're all writing a book. What's your book look like? Mm. What does your fucking book look like? Like your, your life is a book. You got a bunch of chapters in your book, but when they close that book, how good was the book? How good was your book? What was the ending to your book? If the ending to my book can be so amazing because of all that was done, not the money, all that was accomplished, the first to do, the man that did this, he caused the merger between this. Because of his commitment and growth to this, the communities were then given this, made education this, changed the way the schooling was blah, 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 gave books, Gave computers, gave all of the things that can be associated with you and your existence become a part of the chapters in your book. So my drive is about my book. I was a New York Times number one bestseller. People would be done. They did it. I'm writing another book. You're writing a book right now? Yeah. What's it happen? What happens if you are two time New York Times number one bestseller? If you get the two, what happens if you... Get the three. Hey, man, how do books become successful? Who publishes them? I want to start a publishing company, Heartbeat Publishing. Why not? Mm. That's the thing. All I'm doing is sparking the awareness in others to go, why not? Why can't I create? Why can't I start? Why can't I be a business? Why can't I be a CEO? Why can't I be a tech guru? Why can't I fucking create cooking products? Lotion, scents, there's so much that some people just don't understand they can do. Let me be a spark to show how much, how many different, you don't have to do just one thing. When it's all said and done, my book is going to be full of all the shit that Kevin Hart did. Because I never was content with doing just one, two, or three. Why not? Kevin, why are you creating fucking health and wellness products? Why not? I'm big on health and wellness. Why can't I? Why can't I try to create something that I feel is fucking great and jump into a space that I'm already in? I already give 100% of me in this space. Why not? Why can't I talk about financial wealth? Why can't I go back and educate those that don't know? Why not? 
You don't got time. I make time. Well, you certainly can, but it's just so unusual that someone dedicates that much energy and time to to giving back and getting involved with the kind of projects that you're talking mm -hmm. about as well mm -hmm. as be super ambitious with your own career. It makes me happy. Yeah, I could tell. I'm I'm genuinely happy. Discovery makes me happy. Like when you find different things to be excited about, it makes me happy. And it's weird when it clicks. In school, they used to tell you all the time, information is key. Read these books. There's so much knowledge. You're like, man, fuck that book. Got time to read that book? I want to go home. Goddamn Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I want to play. I'm at level three. I ain't got time to read this book. The information and stuff that was forced down your throat. At a certain age, you just, you just may not be receiving it correctly. But then it clicks. And you may gain information differently. And what you do with that information... It's up to you, but people, people have different roads they can go down. The education wasn't my pick of choice. It, it didn't do it for me. But the knowledge and the common sense that I have naturally allowed me to gain information, apply it differently. It allowed me to grow smart in so many different avenues to where I said, oh, my God, I found my niche. I found my talent. And now there's other things that my talent can take me to. I don't have the, all the knowledge and awareness, but I can align myself with people to do that, can teach me. Because now, guess what? Learning is cool. Yeah, that's oh, what happens fuck. when you don't have to do it anymore, right? It's it's all When you're a fuck. kid, they force you mm -hmm. into this school, mm -hmm. you don't want to learn. Mm -hmm. But then when you get out and you realize like, oh, this actually benefits me. This is making me a better person. This is it's, making me wiser. It's 100% the yeah. reality. And it's weird how it happens. But when you go, oh, my God, learning and knowledge is power. Mm. Fuck, they used to tell me this when I was 10. And you're like, what? Yes. Nonsense. 10, 11 years old, I heard yeah. that shit all the time. Now I finally get it. Damn, I'm about to be 40. <laughs> Took me all this time to get the goddamn code. But I got it. Yeah. It hits you at a different time. Mm -hmm. And when it does, be excited about it, man. Yeah. Be excited. I'm excited about what 50 is. I'm just now getting to 40. Do you read books? I don't read a lot of books. Do you listen to books on tape? I have listened to books. You know who I listen to? What? Tony Robbins. He's great. Tony's a, a, a like, I like his approach to giving information. Mm -hmm. um, I like his attitude in general. I like podcasts. I like things that are real and that are presented in front of me. I like information that I can go to the source and, and touch and talk. So if I'm, if I'm reading a book, it's a book that was recommended by such and such, and the person gave it to me. And after reading that book, I learned more about the individual that I thought I already knew, and now I gain more. Michelle Obama's book, great book, great fucking book. I met her. Talk to her. I've been in the same rooms. I've seen her success. What is her book going to be about? Mm. Go read her book. Wow. I get it. I get why it's moving all the units that it's moving. I get why women are reading this book and walking away feeling better. Feeling like they can't. I get it. Oh, wow. Hmm. Certain friends. Dwayne Wade wrote a book. 
focus on being a father, his road to becoming a better father, what he went through with his kid's mother, how he developed a relationship and a bond with his sons like nobody else. Wow. Didn't know that, D. That's dope. I love how you put it on page. There's certain things that you just want to know. Uh, certain books help. I understand why people read books. I get what the information does. You know, the book that I'm working on now is all about the mental approach that you have with life and people not understanding that your biggest enemy is you. My whole book is about you battling yourself. People don't understand is you against you. The only person that gets in your way is you. Nobody else. It's you. Now, when you write a book like this, and especially about something like this, this is like the way you've managed to navigate through life. Mm-hmm. Are do you do you write it out in essays? Do you go, do you do you have like bullet points that you, you you think about, and then once you have those bullet points in your head, then you write on those. Like how do you, you do it? I will show you. Keep now. it on your phone. It's all. All voice notes and transcripts, okay? Mm. So because of your time, you don't have you don't have the the time to sit and actually write. Mm-hmm. So you need somebody that you can talk to for hours, hours, hours on end. Hey, hey, I need an hour. Block out an hour for me. I got some stuff I want to talk to you about. Kev, what? What's that? All right. Book title ideas, subtitle ideas. My dedications, my introductions. Um, within my introductions, these are all powerful paragraphs of things that I just said that are now transcript. I get to go back and read it. Um, let me see here. There's no conversation at all. I'm going to read one of them. Um, no conversation at all. And that's what the internet has allowed people to do. The internet has allowed people to skip steps. One through 30. It's allowed people to jump straight to 100. Fuck you. Cut his job off. Take him down. You should be dead. Oh, God. Fucking can't stand this. Whatever the hate or the anger is. When listen, when listen, okay. When I listen and I can change, I'm not that guy. We're doing these weird things now that people aren't taking the time to sit and think through. What I've understood is that what people are doing has nothing to do with me. I should always be a step ahead because I'm thinking differently. Because I'm thinking about myself. Making myself better puts me in a position to make others better. Be the example, not the problem. The best way to take away the problem is to alienate yourself from it. These are, these are just thoughts. Oh. It's fucking thoughts. I can go through and just read it. This is a, so this you is just a, have these philosophies. This, this is the way you live shit. your life and you just, just speak it. That's it. Just speak it. Damn. So now this is all transcript. Look how long this is. That's incredible. This is all fucking transcript. This is all. So I just go back throughout the day and I read it and I say, this is great. This makes sense. This didn't. Let me reword this. Let me make sure that it's all flowing together. And at the end of the day, what's my reason for the book? My reason for the book is to make people better. My reason for the book is to make people understand, yo, we all are great. We all should think that we're great. There's no reason for you to not think that you're great. If you don't think you're great, Ask yourself why. Why don't you think the highest of yourself? When you do, people have no have no choice but to follow suit. Mm. You have no choice but to follow suit. 
Well, a lot of people, they base it on their past. They base it on the life that they've experienced up until this moment. Makes you better. Yeah, it does make you better. Makes you better, makes yeah. you smarter. Yeah. A but life need with to no hear rocks. A guy like you say it. Yeah, man. That's what's interesting about it. That's what's interesting about life. You can hear a guy like you say that, and then it changes your perspective, and then you'll go out and take action that you might not have taken before. I got a 585 on my SAT. Confessions. <laughs> I didn't even take my <laughs> hey, confessions. They give you 400 for putting your name on a paper. It's a true story. Wow. I guessed A-B-A-C-A-D-A. -A -A. I did Abacadabba all the way down. <laughs> True story. Swear to God. <laughs> Hand on my mother's grave. A-B-A-C-A-D-A. -A -A. All the way fuck. down. I didn't care because it was a class trip that same day. I wanted to go Great Adventure. <laughs> I was told that not taking my SAT seriously would prohibit me from furthering myself in life. That's what I was told. At the moment, I said, damn, maybe I should have applied myself. Maybe I should have did different. When I saw all my friends get their test scores back and they were ecstatic, 800s, 900s, 960s, everybody's going to college. I felt like the biggest idiot in the fucking world. The biggest idiot in the fucking world because the same people that I went and rushed to go to Great Adventure with, they had taken their SAT the week before. They already got their work done. Mm. They did everything they were supposed to do. So that moment of fun was real fun for them. I was the only dumbass that didn't prioritize and take care of my shit. So I'm the only one going to community college. Everybody else off to Villanova, Temple University, Drexel University. God damn. I just got left behind. Why didn't y'all tell me that y'all did it the week before? How come y'all ain't tell me that we was serious about the college shit? Y'all ain't tell me y'all was trying to go to Temple or Drexel? Oh, wait. It's because my life isn't their life. They're, they're focused on themselves. Wow, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. Hey, jackass, go sit by yourself and figure it out because this is where you should be. Lesson learned. Any opportunity given should be taken serious from this point on. Because if not, you can find yourself feeling just like this. So I didn't get down on myself for the fucking moment. I learned from it. I learned from it. Now, if I got to take a goddamn test, you best believe I'm studying for that fucking test because I don't want the feeling like I'm the guy mm. that didn't prepare. Now I got a story to tell my kids about what it feels like to be the kid in class that didn't prepare, that's got the worst grade when they give all those grades back. But it's because of my experience. I don't look down on those moments. You take those moments, you make the best of them because they're life lessons. It's that simple. You're saying it's positive, but it's really just simplicity that's real. It's real. It's real and it's your life experience and it's your life's lessons. 100%. But the fact that a guy like you comes out and talks about it like that, that's where it makes it really powerful because it's not just something that you learn from, but now other people can learn from your past too. That's what I'm hoping. And they look at themselves and they, they, they realize like we all start from a different spot. You're not the same. Yeah. This is why I'm so candid. I'm so candid. I'm so open. There, there, there is no like... Guys, I'm, I'm fine with being an open book. I'm fine with the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm fine being flawed. I'm fine with all the things that have happened to me that have been exposed. I'm fine with it all. I don't hide from it. I don't run from it. I don't, I don't uh, avoid any of it. I'm fine. It's all right. It's a bed that I, I made for myself. I happily lay in it. And I'll be fine figuring it out moving forward. Sun don't stop for nobody, man. 
Sun don't fucking stop. Sun gonna be up in the morning regardless. That sun is gonna be up in the morning regardless. Regardless of how I fucking feel and how depressed I am, the sun is gonna fucking shine in the morning. And at nighttime, the moon gonna be there. And you're gonna look up, these days gonna keep going by. So do you let the days go by and look up and you done wasted a year doing what? Or do you just pick it up? All right. Well, Got to figure it out. Made some mistakes. Life goes on. Let me figure out life from this point. I'm a life goes on type of guy. You're a bad motherfucker, Kevin Hart. You're I appreciate very, you, man. very, very inspirational. And I'm, I'm really glad you came down here and talked about man, it. And I'm, I'm, I'm more than glad. I, I think that it took too long, actually. And this is the first of uh, of what will be many, man. I'm, I'm for a fan. sure. I'm a fan too, 100%. and I, I just think what you're doing is not just inspirational in terms of like what you've been able to achieve and who you are, but also inspirational in how you're so dedicated to helping other people. That means a lot to me. It's very, it's very motivating. It's very powerful. Well, I want uh, I want all your listeners to know that it's not um, it's not for talk. No, this is this there's is no real. way it could be. No, you if you is... were doing that just for talk, it'd be like listen. Just fake it and then become that guy yeah. because you're, you're on to something. <laughs> if you could do that and just say it and talk, well, fucking forget about whatever it's fake or not. Yeah. Just do it. Keep doing it. You're on. No, you're I want on. you guys, uh, trust me, you will be seeing more. The financial fitness is real. Uh, this relationship with Chase and us just making sure to, you put me in a position to give the information that I have and to the people that really need it. That's the priority. Uh, I will be sending more kids to college this year. Um, Shouts out to Tony Robbins, who's uh, matching my donations. So, you know, I think I'm going to end up probably probably having about a good million to 1.5 where we take and we just dedicate that money and we just provide free education. That's uh, amazing. UNCF helps me as well. That's a priority. Um, like I said, this health and wellness side, you'll see more from me, vitahustle.com. Um, you know, get a part of this hustle. Go get yours. Irresponsible on Netflix, Jumanji, right filming, filming. We're about to come out with that in Christmas. There's so much, so much shit going on, man. Well, listen, if there's ever anything you want promoted, you want people to know about it, I'm your man. I like this. I like the conversation. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you. Appreciate you. you. Bye, everybody.